0: Up, You are in the place to be on Saturday night, chilling with the True North Crew. Presented by Monkey Knife Fight, I am Trav. You can find me at TCL14, and as always, I'm posted up in Dirty Laundry Studios. And tonight on the debut of our saturday night live stream i've got some uh, some good canadian kids with me it's uh, a bunch of guys from the true north crew it's going to be a fun night boys two hour sesh we're going to give a full primer on the on the sunday game slate and so i'm going to introduce that crew in fact so we'll start with uh brian you can find him at the ff aviator made his debut on the mic just yesterday on an episode of making bank how you doing brian Good, man. How are you doing tonight? Doing well, buddy. Doing well. Had a good dinner. We're getting in the flow of Halloween here. Um, how are you doing over there? Are you excited for the, uh, the second one?
1: Yeah, man. I'm ready
0: to uh, try and
1: do better than last night. I had a better <laughs> night's sleep last night. Kid didn't wake
0: me up as much. So uh, let's get this thing rolling. Beauty. And then just to keep moving along the top row there, we have... Julian Barnett from the Point After Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find him at the Point After FF. Jules, how you doing, my man? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. Saturday night and chilling with the boys, so I'm happy about that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's the 2020 version of chilling with the boys, eh? (laughs) Pretty much,
0: (laughs) yeah. Pretty much. Uh, And then just to go uh, down below there, we got my man Jimmy Nastic. You can find him at Gold Jacket QB. And rocking on the Cold Jacket Podcast with Connor Donald. Jimmy, how's your Saturday night going, brother?
3: Oh, man, fantastic. Uh, You know, just being put to work by the wife, being told uh, apparently I'm rolling everything in the dresser drawers as we were talking about earlier. So I decided I'm going to rock this I'm undervalued shirt. So just like I'm feeling.
0: Nice. Well, if yours is is all in the drawers, we should just call it uh, Clean Laundry Studios can be like the office of the dirty laundry studios or something (laughs) so that's killer jim and then last but certainly not least we got the true north research demon himself tyrell mclaughlin you can find him at tnff tyrell ty what's going on buddy
4: uh same old same old you know how it goes good old saturday afternoon very much a leisure day for myself uh jimbo is there gonna be snow in that kansas city game tomorrow oh
3: man I hope so because Patty Mahomes was looking at that weather forecast and he got pretty excited when he thought it was going to be a snow game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
4: So what do we got in store tonight, Trav?
0: It's a good one, man. Actually, it's uh, like I said, it's the debut of our Saturday night live stream. Uh, We haven't locked down like a cool catchy name or anything like that yet, boys, but we're going to find it for sure. Um, Yeah. We're going to go down the entire game slate and, Talk about what's happening and what uh, people might want to do as we get ready to set our lineups tomorrow uh, morning for some of us, mid-afternoon for folks on the East Coast. And actually, Ty, um, I wanted to kick it to you to get into that a little bit because you've done a lot of digging on the game slate and put a lot of work together for us to be ready for the show, which uh, I think we all thank you for. Uh, So why don't you talk a little bit about some of the stuff that we're going to talk about as we go through that game slate?
4: Yeah, well, we'll get into like the starts and sits who are above market on. I think we'll, you know, run down some of the more ambiguous situations out there heading to this week. We'll also make sure that you have all the information because it is Saturday night. We have it all at our disposal now. So, we'll, you know, we'll talk about the weather like we're talking about that snow game that definitely factors in. You know, we'll give you the time of the game. We'll talk about the team's records against the spread. We'll talk about the point totals. We'll talk about the injuries, all that good stuff, historical matchups, how we think the game goes, but we really want to dish the information about the players, where we think they're going to fall in fantasy rankings this week. We'll talk about expert consensus rankings a lot, and if we can, you know, going forward, we'll definitely... This is trial by error. You know, we're all just kind of getting into what we want to do with this, so... Going down the line, I want to get into some prop bets and, you know, looking at players over-unders and stuff like that. But for now, we'll just talk a lot of fantasy information. We'll pit some players against one another that are, you know, pretty close together in uh, in fantasy lineups. Like, we're making decisions on these guys. And beyond that, I just I can't thank you guys enough. I really appreciate you guys all coming on and bearing with me because I know I threw a bunch of, just a bunch of information on all these games in a document. We're just going to go through it all and, and have a blast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So should we, should we just dive right in?
0: Yeah, why don't you fly in your tie, kick us off. So we're going to start with
4: my and Bri guys, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, because this is a battle of the undefeated teams. They go to Tennessee. It's a 10 a.m. game for us, 1 p.m. for you suckers on the East Coast. And this is a great game because it's one of, if not the best offenses in Tennessee. You know, I argued against the efficiency repeating this year. It's repeating. They're one of the best offenses in the league. But, they're going against one of, if not the best defenses in the league. And we get Derrick Henry going against an elite run defense. So, Trav, I saw yours and Brian's making bank last night. You guys dipped into Derrick Henry. Uh, why don't you guys kick me off and let me know uh, what you guys settled on in that?
0: Take it away, Brian, as the uh, resident Steelers fan alongside Ty. <laughs> All right, well, when we dipped into that, we looked at
1: uh, how Derrick Henry is one of the main focal points of Tennessee's offense there. They like to try and establish that run. But going up against Pittsburgh Steelers, they're just they're shutting down the run. They're number one against uh, giving up yards and fantasy points to the run game, and that's what they're going to focus on. They're going to go right after what they want to establish. They're going to make them beat them through the air. They're going to blitz the hell out of them, and they're going to win.
4: Yeah, I I think that's perfect because they might have to. Tannehill and the Titans, like they have deadly play action. That's their only hope in the passing game, I think, because they are facing our Blitzburg Steelers. They are generating pressure over 50% of the time right now. And basically, they're on pace to be a historically efficient uh, team on defense when it comes to rushing the passer. And I heard you guys talk on Macon Bank that they lost Taylor Lewand. We know Tyler Conklin was lost before the season even started. So this offensive line is definitely in a little bit of trouble. So on the surface, I think this game sets up that the Steelers are going to dictate how the game goes. Yet everywhere you look, they are one or two point underdogs in this game on the road going to Tennessee. So we know there's kind of a rule of thumb, guys, that a home team should get three points, so to speak. But I want to ignore the spread for a sec. And before we even dive into the fantasy goodness of this game, I want some game picks. I know we won't do this for every game, but I want it. I just want to go around the horn here and see who you guys think is going to be the remaining undefeated team coming out of this matchup. Jules, let's go to you up top. Man, this is going to be a good one.
2: This is going to be a fun game to watch. Um, you know, my gut, my gut tells me to go with the Titans here. I just got a Derrick Henry jersey yesterday, courtesy of my buddy Pat. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm rolling out all the cards here. Um, you know, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up is is the Steelers just lost Devin Bush as well. And so, you know, there's we're talking about Lawan on the offensive line, but we're you know you're, you're losing a huge piece in your defense there, and so. Um, you know, I think Tomlin's a, a good coach uh, as far as it goes defensively, and I think that this game is going to be a battle. But you know, I think it's going to come down to who wants it more, and I think the home team takes this one. Sorry, guys.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what am I? I guess I'm. Yeah, I'm screwing up the clockwork order here. So I'll just say I'll, I'll take Pittsburgh just because, you know, it, it is going to be a tough game, but I do think that they will get to Tan Hill, and I do think they'll struggle running the ball in this game. What do you think, Jimbo?
3: Oh man, give me Pittsburgh. Oh, um, I think they're third against third best against uh the run for fantasy points against. Yeah. Um look what they did to Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt is a is a is a top end running back too. They're gonna they're gonna make it very hard for Derrick Henry to run. I know he makes his bank in the fourth quarter. But uh man, it's too much. It's too much, man. It's gonna be a close game. I can't even believe they're giving Pittsburgh points in this. me Pittsburgh
0: I think I got to go the same way fellas I think I have got to go the same way Um, not only is Pittsburgh good against the run they're really good against the pass as well Um, and well they've given up some yardage but they've got some really good players and then when you look at Tennessee um, there are you know some deficiencies with uh, with their pass catchers AJ Brown is obviously fantastic Johnny Smith was looking like he was going to be out for a couple of weeks, but then he started practicing throughout the week. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he's going. But I'm going to go Pittsburgh as well because that defense is just too good, and I think they're going to uh, kind of show their metal and show what they've got and the, the the kind of team that we think
4: they might be. Right, metal, not to be confused with metal. Brian, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what uh, you wouldn't dare, would you, Brian? No, no, I'm I
1: got to take Pittsburgh here and keep Jules the odd man out. This, yeah, so Jules, you gonna, got a
4: lot.
2: Here we go. Got a lot to hold over our heads. Got a lot on the line here. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so totally. if we were to bring, if we were to bring the spread back into this, guys, I just want to mention the Steelers are actually four and one against the spread this year, and it's a you know the line giving Steelers the points, like Jimbo said, is is kind of it's crazy. And the Titans are actually just two and three against the spread. Uh, I wanted to also bring up the point total because it's a fifty and a half point total both of these teams are actually scoring 30 points per game. So, would everybody agree that the over would be the play if we're going to take uh if we're going to take the points here?
2: I'm I think it going be close hard, man. Mm. this one's going to be tough. I, this could be a 14-7 game, you know. I I see that as a real possibility here. So, I I'm, I'm inclined to hit the under at 50. Wow! See, I thought I was going to be the guy that was going to like be
3: lone wolf in it by Sammy under. <laughs> 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 uh, we'll like go- I, said, I, I think that I think that Pittsburgh defense is, is is just too stout to be putting up points from from Tennessee's. And anyway, and uh, I don't think uh, I don't think like you know Deontay Johnson and Claypool and and Juju are going to show up with Connor. Right? Like I don't think it's going to be a huge explosion game for all four of them. Totally. So I, I think we're
4: gonna, it. and I think we're gonna talk about that with Pittsburgh because it's hard to see all these guys performing. And I think you guys are getting at the meat of this. Like Pittsburgh and Tennessee are among the run heaviest teams in football. Both are passing under fifty six percent of the time. Uh, but both teams, I think, have options so far as how they could attack the other team's defense. Uh, both teams, I could argue, what I'm saying could come out throwing the ball in this matchup. So let, let's let's go right to Pittsburgh. Actually, Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's only the quarterback 19 in points per game this season. Don't know why everybody's you know kind of in love with them, especially expert consensus rankings this week because he's a uh, QB one apparently. I guess. Tennessee is giving up the seventh most points to the quarterback position with players like a Jackson out, of course, and they are surrendering almost 300 passing uh, yards a game, 13 passing touchdowns in five weeks. So has Ben a quarterback one this week? Uh, what do you think Jules? it
2: Ben been a quarterback one, man. That's, that's going to be a tough line too. And, um, you know, I, I think he can hit it. Um, I do. If, uh, if the cards fall right, you know, there's, there's a lot on the line here. I don't think that, uh, In order for the Steelers to win this game, I don't think they're going to be putting the ball in James Conner's hands and letting him um, run all over this defense. So I think they're going to have to throw the ball. And um, and yeah, you know, I think it's possible, right? He's got the weapons. We talked about Deontay coming back. When you've got a a team with Juju Deontay and Chase Claypool, you know, it's hard to stop that on the defensive side. And and yeah, man, I'm starting to regret my uh, my Pittsburgh or my uh, Titans choice because the more I think about it, the, the more I'm swayed here.
4: Well, Jules, who do you want, Cam or do you want Ben this week in your lineup?
2: Uh, I'm gonna take Cam, just just you know, based off of the rushing upside. That you know, the quarterback position is is a bit skewed in in fantasy football on that rushing ability. And you know, Cam doesn't throw for a lot, but you know, he can rush for 100 yards and two touchdowns. You know, you got an RB one out of your quarterback, so uh, you know that's kind of it's a weird comparison. But that's kind of what you got with Lamar last year when you would you bought him in the 12th round and. And then you were getting, you know, 100-yard games out of them. So, I'll I play the upside pick in Cam there.
4: Okay, well, then I'll give you one that has a harder-to-answer sort of uh, oh, no. feel to it. Let's go Tom Brady. Let's go old man Tom Brady versus Ben.
2: You know what? I'm going to take Tom. I'm going to take Tom against uh, Big Ben here. Just got A.B. in the lineup. Uh, you know, Evans is yeah, back. Yeah, it, it,
5: but I, I, see, I didn't.
2: Oh, no, he's coming in week nine, right? Yeah, and yeah, week yeah, nine. yeah. yeah. And, uh, but no, you know, I doubted Tom Brady week four, I think it was, I, he was my sit of the week on our point after podcast. And he threw for uh, five touchdowns over 300 yards that game. So I'm done, done doubting Tom Brady and, you know, let,
4: let me see what he's got. Yeah, people have been doing that for decades. Trav, I know you're a big Ryan Tannehill fan. Which quarterback in this game do you want if you have both of them in your life? Like, if you have to start one of these guys?
0: That's a tough one because this Cause, is... Because I'm not
4: buying jewels, guys. This guy says he's a quarterback one, and then he takes the guys who are just below Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it is close, man.
2: I think it's the the 12 to, 12 to 10, to uh, 15 to 10 range, you know? so Yeah.
4: No, I'm That's... with you. Wait, so what do you think, Trav? Do you want Tannehill or do you want Ben?
0: I think I might want Ben actually, just because this is to me, this is kind of the sit spot for Ryan Tannehill. He's been super efficient, really hard to sit, especially on our super flex rosters. But I think this is the one where I would take Ben by a hair, just because with that busted up offensive line, I think the Steelers front seven is going to be just a little bit too much to handle. So I could see, you know, maybe maybe some strip sacks and something like that where um, Tannehill might have a bit of a sloppy game. Uh, so I'm going to go with big Ben, but just by a hair cause it's a, that's a really close one.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. And I think, I think Ben will be the quarterback in this game under less pressure. That's for sure. So let's, let's go to James Connor. He's the running back 17 right now, running back 14 in points per game in PPR at the moment. Uh, he's a running back seven in expert consensus rankings this week. So Jimbo, you brought up James Connor and how not everybody's going to be able to explode in this game because of the matchup. Do you think James Conner is a top ten running back the rest of the season, though? Like do you want him or a Jonathan Taylor? How do you how do you do those kind of debates?
3: Um so I'm taking Jonathan Taylor, and that's just based on coming out after the bye, his matchups coming out of the bye. He plays Detroit, the Texans twice, the Packers, the Raiders. Uh they're all top five in points allowed against the position. Um, James Conner, I think his best matchup is the Jaguars going out. And just just based on that, I think they can both be RB1s for the rest of the season. But if I'm going on one of those two, I'm going to take the guy that faces, I think, five, five teams in the top five that are allowing points to the position. So I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor. It's also a little less muddy backfield behind him. Where James Conner, I I think has capable running backs behind him in Benny Snell. I get a lot of popcorn thrown at me and, and boos and hisses when I say his name sometimes, but uh, I don't know. I think the talent's there behind him more so than it is like uh, with Jonathan Taylor and Jordan Wilkins and
4: the mines. Also. also- so, uh, Brian, do you think, do you, are you comfortable starting him as a top 10 running back this week against the Titans? Like, maybe rank these running backs for me. James Conner, Mike Davis, Chris Carson, and Ronald Jones. That's a tough one, I know, but I want to know.
1: Yeah, you know, all, all four of these guys are sort of right around a grouping. Uh, the way I see it with the volume that they're going to see in the matchups. Uh, I am confident starting James Conner as a top 10 RB this week. Um, But uh, I think with those four, I'd have to go, I like Carson and then Conner, Rojo, and then Davis is uh, how I'd look at it. I know that's a little bit different than than the ECR, but uh, that's how I see this week playing out for those four guys.
4: Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's a bunch of running backs on the road. I think he kind of laid it out pretty good there. I think, you know, if Mike Davis gets some pass catching, we'll definitely talk about those other guys going forward. Um, maybe we should, we're we're taking too much time on the Steelers. Everyone's going to think we're, we're, we're doing, uh, we're too Omers. biased here. Yeah, so um, let's get into these wide receivers. I wanted to mention Tennessee has actually allowed over 900 air yards to wide receivers in five games. Meanwhile, they've just allowed oh, just a bit over 500 yards after the catch to wide receivers. So they are one of the worst teams in terms of air yards given up, but they're one of the stingiest through uh, yards after the catch. Meanwhile, we look at Big Ben Roethlisberger, just seven deep ball completions this year. Uh, his A dot, his time to throw, it just doesn't really suit up for them throwing it through the air they're more of a yards after the catch team but do we think with Chase Claypool emerging with Deontay Johnson back in the lineup maybe that can curve a little bit or do we think maybe we should be pumping the brakes on Chase Claypool uh like he is the team leader but will he be able to continue to build on this success in this matchup or do you think we should we should start pumping the brakes Trav
0: um, I think we can, it pains me to say it, but I think we can probably pump them just a little bit. This has been a really amazing stretch that he's been on, but I think especially with Deontay coming back, he was looking like that target hog early in the season. Uh, so for me, I would I would like to see it shake out a little bit before I'm starting Claypool as like a solid wide receiver two in my lineup. Um, but as a wide receiver three, you definitely got to take that shot because although Ben's not hitting on all those shots, he is taking shots downfield and uh, Claypool is looking like he is one of the recipients of those um, because we know juju gets the shorter ones deontay johnson can work a little bit differently as well Um, but claypool seems to be the downfield guy with james washington eating up just a couple targets a game right um so i think I'm, i'm pumping it a little bit because i want to see deontay come back i am a big fan of deontay johnson so um but yeah i mean you can take a shot because it takes one play for him to have a great game right
4: Yeah, and I think Jim kind of hit the nail on the head earlier when he was talking about how it's going to be hard for all these guys to hit this week, you know what I mean? But when you look at ECR, when you look at rankings, all these guys are ranked fairly high because – it is the matchup. I mean, Tennessee has given up the six most fantasy points to the wide receiver position, just under 37 half PPR points to the position, 16 catches, over 200 yards receiving uh, allowed to wide receivers in 2020. So seeing some of these weapons ranked where they are, it, it doesn't really surprise me. Chase Claypool, for example, is a top 24 wide receiver in ECR, uh, but he is he's the only top 30 wide, wide receiver in Pittsburgh this week. Uh, and I think it would surprise people that, he, that he's leading the team and that he's the wide receiver 15 overall in PPR right now. Mm-hmm. Trav, you mentioned Deontay Johnson. He is back, practiced in full, but he is ranked lower than Juju Smith-Schuster. He had 23 targets in weeks one and two combined. Obviously, Claypool's carved out a role since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ECR says he's hard to... I just think he's a wide. if he's a wide receiver five, technically, I'm definitely interested in uh, trying to in a, in a DFS setting Maybe uh, take advantage of that ownership percentage what do you, what do you think of that Brian? Uh,
1: I don't know uh, it it all depends on it if he's actually healthy coming back you know he he could just come out and run out and not play very many snaps you know uh, they could just go to Washington and mm-hmm. and, Dante and and juju i I mean yeah tournament yeah, maybe you might have some exposure to it, but I, I'm going to limit it for myself.
4: Yeah. And so Jules, do you, what do you, do you, have any interest in Juju Smith-Schuster? Since I did say he's ranked ahead of Deontay Johnson this week, he practiced in full.
2: Yeah. I mean, in a DFS, I actually don't own any Juju shares myself. So it's, it's hard for me to, uh, to say, I'm going to to put him in my lineup, but in a DFS, I'll take the shot. Uh, you know, I kind of lean more towards Johnson, though, just for the value that you're going to get in, in the price between the two of them. You know, I think they both have similar upside. Like you said earlier, Juju's more of a, a yak guy. He catches it short and he has to take these. And Deontay can kind of work all over the field. So I think I think there's a world where Deontay can have a 100-yard game, but I, I have fears that uh, Brian does as well. You know, he comes out, he plays 40% of snaps, and they're just getting him back into the groove. So I'm not putting him in any of my lineups unless it's DFS.
4: So, do you guys think uh, maybe I'll go to you, Jibo? Here, like, who do you want rest of season between Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson? And do you think either of them would be in your top thirty rest of the way?
0: That's a close one, man.
4: Yeah, yeah. I don't think either one. I'd have to look
3: real close, but I don't think either one's cracking the top thirty. I want to. I want to take the cheapest one because of the. the the truth is Ben Roethlisberger can still air it out for 300 yards a game in any given game, and if he is, it's not one guy getting it. So there's going to be spike weeks with any one of these guys that you're grabbing. I think they're both good, good assets. They're both very talented wide receivers. So in the case like I do with New England Patriots running backs, I want to take the very cheapest one that I can possibly get for the rest of the season
0: hey Ty, yeah. you think I you think i could jump in for a sec because i actually want to ask you the same question because it's it's looking like the writing's on the wall for juju that he's probably not going to be back in pittsburgh so you as somebody who i know studies the Steelers very closely is he somebody who you think they might be trying to phase out of the offense to get these other guys in there is that something that you think they might be doing or is it just kind of happenstance that he hasn't necessarily been the producer
4: well i think bry guy mentioned the name i wanted to mention and that's james washington you just you know, dicks up the whole program here really, because, you know, if, if we could let other people get those deep targets and let Juju just kind of eat underneath, I think it would be fine. I think he, he definitely is having that season though, where he's either not, he's going to price himself out of Pittsburgh if he has a decent season. And if not, then there's just no reason to keep him with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool looking like the future of the wide receiver position there who both, you know, can operate in almost every way. Whereas Juju, he does have that touch of one dimensional, uh, he has that vibe to him, right? But almost I also want to mention that almost 30% of his points this year in fantasy have come just on his three touchdown receptions. So it's mm-hmm. kind of been different this season where he just hasn't been able to compile anything, let alone yards after the catch. And really, he's just only made his fantasy points on touchdowns this week. And I think Jimbo might be right that it its might be overly optimistic to have any of them in the top 30 uh, when it comes to value, when you're looking at trades and stuff like that, because of their you know, stability in your lineup. Uh, And speaking of top 30, maybe can I just move on here? Because I have Eric Ebron on my note sheet. He's the tight end 26 right now. ECR has him as the tight end 12 against the Titans. I mean, they've allowed four touchdowns to the position in five games, but I don't really buy that the matchup is so good that Eric Ebron is twice as valuable than he has been all season. Does anybody want to make an Eric uh, an Eric argument before I move on to the Titans or should we just Yeah, I see a bunch of heads no. going back no, for me. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't want to thing... cut on that chain. I won't catch that one either. <laughs> he
0: could he could potentially get a touchdown or one of those deep up the seam, but it's so low volume that you're just praying and you're like totally expecting a zero, so that's not something I want to get involved with for sure. We'll yeah, master. it's definitely,
4: it probably has something to do with that 50 and a half point over under with both teams scoring 30 points per game this year. Uh, mm-hmm. one of those teams, the Tennessee Titans throwing 30 points per game, uh, equally surprising as the Steelers, in my opinion, Trav and I were joined by Nick and Danny B, uh, earlier this week. We talked Titans pretty extent, uh, like we, we really hammered into them. So everybody, I encourage them to check that out, uh. It it kind of lets us go lighter on this side. I think Tennessee is an easy read as far as who slots in where into our fantasy lineups anyways. So let's start with Ryan Tannehill, who we talked about in the context of being right at that cusp of quarterback one territory. He is dominating via efficiency. Obviously, he's repeating on some of that unrepeatable stuff. I mean, he has four touchdowns in three of his five games, four more touchdowns in three of five games this year. Uh, The thrill of Tanny is the quarterback six right now in points per game. So shout out to Will Harris there. But
5: mm-hmm.
4: is this the real first test, boys? Because Ryan Tannehill's five opponents are all in the top half of the league in fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. Meanwhile, the Steelers have been the sixth toughest against signal callers. So how I want to pose this question, I'll ask you, Jim. Do you think Ryan Tannehill has put enough games in this Titan sample to the point where we're labeling him as a stud? Like, you got to start your studs. Is Ryan Tannehill in that in that category?
3: Hmm he is because of where you took him in your drafts and especially in super flex, I don't think you have too many options to, to be benching him. Uh, At least the average player does, doesn't anyway. Um, But I think, I think Trav hit it on the, on the nail where this is, this is where he's going to start the pumpkin, where he is going to start to face a little bit tougher defenses, but you have seen like you've seen him produce. I just think you're going to see more reliant on the run game, maybe going forward. But, like I said, where you took them in super flex drafts and, and startups, you have to play you No, know?
4: like you, you have to. Yeah, it definitely brings up that argument. Like, are you dropping a back-end uh, position player to maybe stream somebody in? Jules, do you do that? Like, are you dropping, you know, maybe a Tony Pollard or a handcuff to, to insert a quarterback? Or is Ryan Tanhill good enough where you're just going to ride him like Jimbo? Because I kind of that's kind of the side I'm on.
2: I don't know. Yeah, so I, I actually lost Dak. I was able to pick up Ryan Tannehill that week before waivers even hit, so I was able to to you know snag him. I was happy with that, but you know I'm looking at this week and I'm looking at my waiver wire options, and you know I just think I think the upside's there with Tannehill. Uh, I kind of think he he lands outside the top twelve this week. I think he can be in that eighteen to twelve range, and but you know like you guys said, this is a great defense. I think they're going to get pressure to him. And, um, you know, they if they want to win this game, that's why I think it's a low-scoring game on the Titans' side, is that they're going to dictate the game with the run. They have to. If they want to win, they need to get first downs. They need to control the clock and, and you know, not let the Steelers' offense be able to throw for 300 and, and put up points because their offense is going to be able to to do that against this this Blitzberg defense. So, yeah, and I, 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 think question, sorry. <laughs> I didn't even answer your question. I'm sorry. I, no, I don't no. stream anymore because I have too many leagues. I can't focus on it. So I just, <laughs> I just get <laughs> one and I just let her ride.
4: <laughs> Correct answer. Yeah. So I, I think you're really on to something there. And I think running the ball will also allow them to get their play action going, which has been the story yeah. of their season so far. It's just crazy that Ryan Tannehill has more passing yards on play action than he does not on play action. It's <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. the
2: run sets up so, the pass. Right? It's age old game. And so
4: to do that, they're going to use Derrick Henry. You touched on him a little bit. We don't have to spend too much time on him. He's top five running back right now. Only. like jerry mcnick uh jeremy mcnichols yeah
0: nailed it (laughs) thank (laughs) you yeah um he's the only
4: healthy guy in that backfield he actually might be the sneakiest handcuff in fantasy football right now uh but i I just think this strength for strength will be the it'll be so fun to watch henry is the volume king at running back right now the steelers have allowed Mm -hmm. the fewest carries to opposing running backs henry led the nfl in rushing last year does again this year But the Steelers have allowed the least amount of rushing yards to running backs. And Derrick Henry, he doesn't catch many passes. Meanwhile, the Steelers have allowed more fantasy points to running backs in 2020 via receiving work than they have via rushing production. So does anybody want to hop in and argue that Derrick Henry is not a running back one in this tough matchup Or, or the pass catching? Does anyone want to touch on that? Because maybe we could see him in a pass catching test here in a game that Tennessee could lose.
0: I think the pass catching is still oh sorry buddy I, I was sorry, just going no, to say that no. I think that the, uh, the pass catching is still going to be the probably low volume. Um, what we might see though is Derrick Henry break off one of those big receptions like he gets from time to time. It seems like he doesn't get a reception that doesn't go for 70 yards. They're just few and far between <laughs> or something like that. You know, it's uh, it's uh, he's amazing when he gets out in the open field. They just don't put him there. That's green um, that game.
5: Yeah.
0: Mhm. It's it's going to be interesting too with some of their other guys banged up and all the covid that's been seeping throughout that bloody roster but um i don't think the pass catching is going to be there to answer your question ty and i would say that he's probably probably in the back end running back one just for that touchdown upside because if they get into the red zone he's been a beast there he's converting um converting a lot of those he's got the most red zone attempts in the league and uh yeah he's a beast in the red zone so if he gets there he'll get the touchdown and that can get him in the top 12 but without that i don't think so
4: So nobody may believe me here, but I triple checked this. Last week was the first time Derrick Henry saw more than three targets since Week Eight of 2016, half a decade ago. Isn't that wild? (laughs) Three targets. That's all we're all we want is four targets, Derrick Henry. So, (laughs) speaking of low volume, let's go to AJ Brown. He's scoring over 17 and a half points per game in PPR right now. That's a top 12 wide receiver in limited action, I know, but Mm -hmm. ECR has him as a back end wide receiver one, or sorry, a low end wide receiver two. Wide receiver 13 in expert consensus rankings this week. The wide receiver position is the target if you have a play. Uh, I, I like I like targeting the wide receivers against Pittsburgh is what I'm saying. If you're going to target any position group, their bottom 10 in fantasy points allowed to the position, and they're giving up 20 targets a game to wide receivers. Seven touchdowns have been scored against the Steelers by opposing Divas. So for this week and going forward, I want to know, I'm going to throw to you, Jim. Are we buying or selling A.J. Brown as a borderline wide receiver one? Oh, I love AJ
3: Brown. I love AJ Brown. I'm on I'm on the minority who thinks he's better. I thought he was the better old miss uh white out over DK.
0: So did Ty. Um I did, but out. now I
3: think
4: it's tied boys. It's DK. the volume. I get
3: it with DK. <laughs> it's <unintended>? the volume.
4: <laughs>
3: We're talking about AJ Brown. Uh so yeah, i mean, I do. I, I'm buying I'm buying him man. if oh, he's expensive. But yeah, I'm buying him up. I love him. He's efficient. I wasn't buying into the efficiency. Uh, I thought he would definitely have a drop off this year, but I mean, he just keeps balling, man. Like what can you, <laughs> you give the guy the ball in his hands and he makes plays. And the best part is, is he doesn't have to be the, the face of that franchise with, with Derek Henry there. So I think he does rely a little bit more on stack boxes.
4: Yeah, definitely. And I, that's, a, that's kind of my point why I ask if we're buying or selling him, uh, not his production because the market really does love AJ Brown, but I don't know if I can get him inside that top 12 because of guys like DK, like you mentioned, because of guys like Alan Robinson, Adam Thielen just for 2020. And I, I just think it is a pretty, it's a run first unit and you, you, you hinted at the uh, strength of schedule coming up. It's, it's pretty ugly. Um, having said that, I mean, I say he isn't a top 12 wide receiver, but what's funny guys is AJ Brown's been a top 12 wide receiver, both games coming back from injury here. But I wanted to point out that he actually has three touchdowns in those two games, only 138 receiving yards. So after he broke the outside wide receiver mold, as well as breaking some yards after the catch per reception records last year as a rookie, uh, AJ Brown is kind of getting it done in the red zone this year. I think it's really interesting. So I think volume is what has to kind of even out for A.J. Brown. I mean, he became just a second wide receiver last year in the last decade to finish top 24 at wide receiver on less than 85 targets. And it really was just all yards after the catch. So I think it's interesting that the catalyst for the hype this year has been touchdowns because the yards haven't been there. But we do know that Tennessee is one of the best teams in the red zone. Uh, but rant over. I want to hit Jonu Smith guys. Does anybody have any interest in Corey Davis or Adam Humphreys though? Maybe Khalif Raymond has a, a big play here or there. Uh anything there should we should we move on to uh Anthony Furkser's human hand grenade?
3: I, I don't mind I don't mind Adam Humphreys. Yeah. Like, the bye okay. been, right? like, uh, I find myself uh being being stricken by the bye week of uh, a lot of Minnesota Vikings and I'm definitely taking shots with Adam Humphries. I don't see why not.
2: And Jules, you but, like Humphreys too? Yeah, I'll, I'll take my shot on Humphreys. I'm kind of forced to in a few leagues and, you know, I'm riding that wave and, uh, you know, with, with everything that's going on this year, a lot of fantasy players don't have options. You know, this is a guy you can pick up for basically free off of waivers and, you know i think he has wide receiver two upside you know i i don't think he gets there but i think he has the potential to be there and so if i need a, a flex play um that i can pick up off waivers that's the guy uh, i'm going after
0: just a quick note on adam humphreys there is he's played in four games this year and hasn't had less than six targets in any of those games uh with or without cory davis so he is getting some of those looks from humphreys it's just they're not necessarily like the um the high upside looks right he's going to get the short targets maybe the red zone he did get that touchdown in the red zone this past week so that's where you kind of hope he's going to make that bread but i think ty you mentioned before that if he's facing i think you you mentioned in the past that adam humphreys against zone you start him and against man you don't um so i don't know how that's playing out so far this year but he's well, a, I'll an i tell you interesting case because he's got pretty good volume but why don't you get into that
4: So if you look at how wide receivers have done against Pittsburgh this year, really only Darius Slayton has lit it up against the Steelers. And that was in week one. Since then, Jerry Judy outscored Cortland Sutton week two, Randall Cobb outscored Will Fuller, Greg Ward led the Eagles another slot wide receiver. And even last week, OBJ was outscored by both Jarvis Landry and Rashad Higgins. So Humphreys, Plays almost exclusively out of the slot, quietly as double-digit PPR points, three of four games, and over 15 points in half his games Mm -hmm. this year. So I think we are all on to something here, and everyone's welcome, because that's a really sneaky play. Like Jewel said, we are all hurting in our lineups with COVID and all that. Uh, So yeah, I I really like it. I really like it there. Uh, Brian, do you like Jonu Smith? Because we all like Jonu, right?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna rule out John I know he popped up on the injury report this week, uh, but he practiced in full uh, at the end of the week, and you can't deny what he's been doing on his efficiency with his targets and uh, so far this year. I think he's what uh tight end five on the year right now. So you he kinda you he kinda gotta gotta play him. He's got touchdown upside.
4: So Travis, rank these guys for me: Hunter Henry, yeah, Noah Fant, and Jonu Smith. And his head explodes. Give me,
0: yeah, give me Jonu Fant and then Hunter Henry.
4: Jonu Fant, Hunter Henry, eh? Yeah. Anybody else want to hop in on that one?
1: I think just with the uh, the strength of schedule for the rest of the season being so tough for Jonu, I actually like Fant. With the volume of how much they're gonna be passing and his schedule coming up. And uh I'd go fan F- Henry Johnu. I I'd, I'd trade away Johnu right now if I can get a good price. Damn, yeah, man, so that's I, dick, that's I I actually
4: <laughs> I actually don't hate that take because if he it yeah. starts this week, boys, they play a team no, who is throwing good. a ton of ton- yeah. Like, I know that Tennessee throws a ton of touchdowns in the tight end position, but, you know, Pittsburgh's only allowed one, two tight ends this year. So I actually really like that take. I think those are three guys that we should be targeting in trades uh, at tight end, though, uh, whether whether it's Jonu trading away, Noah Fant trading four, and I think Hunter Henry's another guy we should be trading for. Uh, so, everybody, let's move on to Seattle and Arizona, the game that was flexed to Sunday night football over the Raiders and Buccaneers game, uh, over the San Francisco 49ers and New England Patriots game. The people want Russ, the people want Kyler Murray, and they are the quarterback one overall in points per game and total points, respectively. Uh, it also presents another wrinkle. Uh, does anyone know what what's going on with New Hopkins right now?
0: Um... Please stand by. I'm just looking at the uh, the practice reports. Nuke Hopkins was a limited participant. It doesn't look like he has been ruled out as of yet. Um, so he could
4: have he could have not practiced all week and still been a possibility to play. I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's still he's still ruled as questionable as of right now. He's just questionable. So, um, yeah. So maybe that's, let's that's a tough one, man
4: so maybe let's save that for wh- let's get into nuke in a bit about the complex of having to start guys, uh, or start a stud who is playing in a Sunday night football game. I want to talk about these teams though, because both these teams have made us some money this year, boys against the spread, the Cardinals. Uh, when we look at this Cardinal Seahawks matchup, I think a lot of people immediately think that Seattle should be a heavy favorite here, but the Cardinals beat the Hawks in Seattle last year in the most recent matchup. And Kyler is one in one against the Seahawks. But, on the other side of that, Russell Wilson, who has forced all of us in the Pacific Northwest to no longer refer to the Seahawks as the Shithawks, but Russell, <laughs> and that's because he's, he's done things like lost just once in eight games on the road against. Speak Chicago, for
0: yourself. It's just incredible.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: so definitely, when I'm talking to my friends, they're still the Shithawks uh, because all of our friends, me and Trav, actually yeah. are Seahawks Sick fans of it. for sure. Sick of it, Ty. I'm sick, of it. I'm sick of it so 56 point over under that's the second highest on the week and the it's just three points that the seattle seahawks are getting and like i said the records versus the spread are off the charts these teams are eight and three combined against the spread and i'm just going to dive right into russell wilson the quarterback one scoring almost 30 points per game on pace for what the second best fantasy football season ever 50 points more than lamar jackson last year for context and he's on pace to break the touchdown record uh Russell Wilson is not on pace to break his career high in pass attempts, though. So, is Russ your quarterback one the rest of the way, Brian? Like, over Mahomes? Over I, I, I think he has
1: to be with yeah. what he's doing right now. His schedule's good going forward. And that defense, it's it's allowing us uh, so much against it, that just forcing Russ to cook. You know, he's pushing the ball in most of the matchups. And it's, it's hard to bet against him. You know, people talk about, oh, you can't keep up this efficiency every year, basically. You know, he let us down at the end of last year a little bit, but every year he's got a good efficiency. So how can he, how can you bet against him to continue what he's doing?
4: Yeah, that's also perfectly put, like his touchdown rate's a little ridiculous, but so is his career touchdown rate. So I think the difference (laughs) between these teams, the reason the spread is so low, is exactly what you nailed on the head there, Brian. The Cardinals' defense is just much better, you know. They did just lose Chandler Jones, uh, but you couldn't tell last week. They were just sending everybody to the house. And holy mother of God, boys, I think these two teams, their best pass rusher is a safety. Jamal Adams for Seattle and Buda Baker for Arizona. 100%. Tell me I'm wrong.
0: Good point. Yeah. <laughs> um,
4: my point wow. is Arizona has been the seventh toughest against quarterbacks this year in fantasy. Signal calls are scoring under 17 and a half fantasy points against the Cardinals, and Russ has over 25 points in every game. And that's that's kind of a theme in this matchup, like how Seattle is a mattress versus the pass, like Brian was getting at, and Arizona isn't. So Let's talk about the running backs here because Chris Carson has kind of suffered a little bit when it comes to the rushing production. I mean, he's a top 10 running back in PPR and he has flashed some pass catching. He's scoring 20 points per game uh, despite seeing under 20 touches per game. So Jules, do you think he is a top 12 running back uh, in this game against a team who can keep the game close finally? And do you think that this uh, this pass catching can kind of continue the rest of the season for Chris Carson?
2: Yeah, Chris Carson's really impressed me this year. Actually, man, I I took him in our our staff league, and and it's certainly paying off as you know as my RB two there, and um, you know th- this the guy who doesn't actually I've always thought of Chris Carson as a player who needed a lot of volume because he runs so aggressively and kind of wears down defenses. But um, but you know he this year he showed me he can get it done on ten touches a game because he is getting involved in the passing game. He's you know and Russ hits him on those seam routes on those those short out routes, and you know and then they're using him in the, the screen game as well. So. Um, you know, I don't think he—he's a volume play, but I'm—I'm I'm comfortable starting Chris Carson as a top twelve quarterback and seeing where that goes. Yeah, or as that a goes. Not not a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Don't start
5: Chris. Mm-hmm. As your quarterback. So <laughs>
4: funny, reverse jinx <laughs> yeah, so you. Reverse jinx. Yeah, So I, I think that was really well put because I also think we need to kind of the only monitor in this backfield right now is who is the running back two behind him because uh, you know I want to know just in case uh Chris Carson was to go down or. Something like that. I want to get into this passing game though, boys, because Antonio Brown signed with the Buccaneers and the biggest winner in that, the only winners really are Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So uh, I'm going to ask you, Jim, does this lock in DK Metcalf since you hate him into top five territory? (laughs) And what about Tyler? (laughs) And yeah, I'll just leave it there. What do you think about DK as a top five wide receiver going forward? I don't
3: have him top five, but I have him top 10. He's he selling, hates them. He said Um. <laughs> the, the, ah, man, it could be like Detroit when, when it was Kenny G and Marvin Goliday last year, where they were both feasting in the red zone, where it's Lockett and, and DK. I can see it because they got a better quarterback, and Russ, Russ is definitely cooking. But the fact of the matter is, they do have toe drag swag there, Tyler Lockett, and he doesn't seem to be getting any fucking respect. I don't hate DK, I just love Tyler Lockett a little more than Consensus. That's the difference. I have, I have a top eight going He forward. gets it from
0: us, Jimmy. He gets the respect from us.
3: Very <sighs> respect. So what do you think, Trav? Are... You... Yeah. <laughs> so what do you
4: think, Trav? Do you think Tyler Lockett's, like, top 15 status then? I think we can all agree that DK is top 10. So we can settle yeah, that one. Totally. And, and what do you think, think top about...
0: 15, top 15 for Lockett for sure, if not top yeah. 12. It really depends. Like, I think if anybody's oh, role... If anybody might get a little bit spotty, it would probably be Lockett over DK, which is weird to say because you would think that DK's kind of deep target role would be a little bit less consistent, but just the way Russ is throwing it, it has been awesome. It's Um, like a numbers
4: game in that aspect. It's it's insane.
0: It's insane. So
4: um,
0: I I think top 15 for sure, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be top 15 because that that offense, as far as the passing game, really is a funnel to those two guys. Uh, much like you said off the top with the A-B signing being great for them both. Uh, I think top 15 for for Lockett is, is pretty solid. And then top 10 for DK, I'm on that train as well. So yeah. Ben, EB, if you're still watching, um, there's some props to your boy DK Metcalf because um, that was uh, a really great call at the beginning of the season with that DK 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns or something I think uh, Ben was going for. So nice work there, brother.
4: Yeah. yeah, totally. So Brian, I want to ask, I'll ask you, like, what do you think about, I kind of think uh, we're missing a little bit of a point here. Like, do you guys not think oh, that yeah. DK is sort of getting a little bit more of Russ's attention than Tyler Lockett at this point? Like he's almost, uh, especially in the end zone. And we saw that in the last game with the game winning touchdown and things like that. Do you think he's kind of carving out a bigger role?
1: I I think he can be, but uh, the targets hasn't really shown that. I don't think so yet, but he definitely does have Russ's eye. You know, he's looking to them, him in those big situations, you know, if he needs a big play going down the field or in the end zone where he knows that DK is going to win those 50-50 balls, he's going to go up and get it and come down with the touchdown.
4: Totally. And I I like that you mentioned, Trav, that Tyler Lockett could be inside the top 12. These guys are both wide receiver ones in PPR right now. And uh, I think wide receiver 11 for Tyler Lockett in points per game tied with our boy, A.J. Brown, we're just talking about. So I wanted to mention them in the context that Arizona has been pretty good against wide receivers this year. They've allowed the 13th most, uh, sorry, the 13th most catches, though. So if it's a, a heavy target game for Tyler Lockett because I totally agree with you guys like this could recoil really quick to where they're both right around that top 12 mark instead of one guy at top five, one guy, top 15 ish. Uh, I think it could, you know, come back and meet in the middle there for sure. But I wanted to ask you guys, do, do you have any problem? I'll go to you, Jules. uh, Do you have any problem starting both of these wide receivers in or any wide receivers in the same offense, in the same fantasy lineup, like a DK Metcalf and a Lockett or an Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question, uh, Ty. I, I was looking before this, actually, and, you know, the Vikings have two top five wide receivers in full PPR right now. You know, that's that's crazy. Of course I'm going to, you know, if, if I had those guys on my team, I want to start both those players. So, you know, I, I, I'm i actually in, the, in this situation where my wide receiver one and two are DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And so – you know, I've been rolling that out every week, and it hasn't worked every week. But, it's you know, it's definitely worked this week. And if you have a situation – or last week, sorry. But if you have a, a situation where you've got D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you know, I'm rolling both those guys out every week. I'm not worried about the matchup because they have Russell Wilson throwing them the ball.
4: Absolutely. Okay, guys, I'm going to go right into the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to go to the desert here. I'm going to start with Kyler Murray, who is the quarterback one overall right now by those sophomore quarterbacks who were high draft picks the year before. Uh, Like Russ, we could argue for Kyler as the best play at the position in Week 7. Kyler is just a, a one of the juiciest matchups, like Brian alluded to, uh, of the week. Seattle is allowing over 25 points per game to quarterbacks, and Kyler is scoring over 25 points per game. We might have noticed that the rushing production is really up from Kyler Murray in 2020, notably the touchdowns, and me and you, Trav, we really talked a lot about the positive rushing touchdown regression uh, he had coming, particularly at the goal line this season. So Kyler has turned into kind of an unstoppable force in that area of the field in the sophomore season. Seattle has also allowed three rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks in five games. So you guys feel free to add anything on Kyler or maybe uh, Dr- uh, Jimbo just roll right into Kenyon Drake if you want because gamers want to know if Kenyon Drake is starting to be locked into the running back two in our lineups or what.
0: Hey, real quick on Kyler, boys. Kyler was, just to um, kind of highlight some more True North content, Josh Smokey Hell Nelson puts out the Puff Puff Pass Weekly, and Kyler was one of his quarterback puffs, and I missed it a little bit before, but Jonu was actually one of his uh, tight end passes. Um, so just a real quick mention on Kyler there. That was one of Josh's puffs for the week, so uh, keep an eye out for Josh. He's nailing those Puff Puff Pass articles every week, and check out truenorthffb.com for that. But Jimmy, as I so rudely interrupted, why don't you take us into old Kenny Drake?
3: Oh man, so oh man, I'm not a
5: fan of Kenny Drake. <laughs> I've never been in that. That's how guy. I feel, Jim. Nobody <laughs> is. That's why I'm asking,
4: guys, because nobody is right now. Yeah. No. Um
3: I wasn't I wasn't drafting him. I, I took the swing and a miss with the Joe Mixon on the Joe Mixon, Kenny Drake debate. Apparently the answer was neither. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm seriously, if you have them, I'd be looking to. I've been telling everybody who's saying they got Kenyon Drake, like, uh, he, very sellable right now. I'd be looking to. I'd be looking to trade him. He's, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I have no confidence in playing him. I'd be starting Gio Bernard over Kenyon Drake. Wow. This, this week. be. I cool. try and buy him cheap.
4: Yeah, like I don't, don't look now, guys, but he's the running back twenty in PPR. Is that the state of the running back position? Sort of, but A it's bit. also thanks. Yeah, but it's yeah. also thanks to Drake starting to put it together here in recent weeks. And I mean, I can never also stress enough since Kingsbury took over and installed this unique offense in Arizona. The Cardinals have the highest yards before contact in the NFL, higher than Baltimore Ravens. The Drake is also the running back sixteen in ECR right now. So I think that's a that's a pretty bold take there, Jimbo, starting uh, Gio Bernard over him. I don't dislike it. I just think it's a little bit bold. Uh, I think the argument I was trying to make though is that the Cardinals are close to a situation that is hard to fail in, and I think the Drake is is kind of the guy right now, especially in the run game. Uh, but but does somebody want to hop into Chase Edmonds because people like Chase Edmonds almost more than uh, more than Kenyon Drake at this point?
0: I just want to touch a little bit. Oh, oh, sorry. I was going to touch on a little bit of Kenny Drake there because he is in top. He is in the top five in most opportunity um, categories. And Ty, you said he's the uh, top twenty running back right now. Poor bastard's got one of the bottom five running run blocking grades on PFF. So. I don't think he gets enough credit for some of the stuff that he has done. Obviously, it hasn't looked good on the fantasy stat sheets, but he's still getting a lot of opportunity. So, Jim, that's why I would flip it, and I would potentially try and buy him a little bit low because it does look like he is going to continue to get that opportunity, um, even if we haven't seen him necessarily be so efficient as he was last year. But um, that's just kind of my take on Kenny Drake before, uh, before Julian rides into, into Chase Edmonds.
4: The running back 29
2: overall. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly right i mean you know this is a guy who, coming into the, into this fantasy season we kind of looked at as a handcuff and somebody who could take over if, if kenyan drake got hurt or traded and um you know and, and he's really carved out a role for himself right the rb 29 that doesn't look great on the stat sheet but he's had some some big weeks and you know he, he's had some some down weeks as well but i feel comfortable starting him in this matchup uh you know the seahawks we talked about earlier um not the best team against the run and and Edmonds is just the type of player who can just blow it up. He can take one, one play for 30 yards to the, the end zone. And, uh, you know, I think Drake can do that as well, but it, it hasn't happened. You know, it happened garbage time last week, and then when they get into the red zone, then Kyler's taking a lot of those touches. Yeah. And so that's my concern with Drake. And, you know, I traded away Drake in, in a dynasty and kept Edmonds, and am now starting Edmonds as my RB2. And I'm just rolling with it, so.
4: So you kind of answered my next question. I wanted to ask somebody if he is an RB2, and I think it's hard not to consider him in that RB2 or Mm -hmm. flex spot, right? And for ECR this week, I mentioned he's a running back 29 overall. It's also where he ranks in ECR this week against Seattle. Uh, And he does have three games. Jim, you mentioned Joe Mixon. Check this out. This is exactly – I could be talking about Joe Mixon here. He has just three games as a top 24 running back this year. So Chase Edmonds and Joe Mixon both been RB2s the same amount of times this year but I wanted to mention that Edmonds has scored a touchdown in all three of those games, but you, you, you alluded to a lot of what I wanted to say, Jules, like there's so many positives to point to with Edmonds peripherals. Like he's 12th in Mm -hmm. targets amongst running backs, 13% of the Cardinals targets. And when we are setting our lineups, like we're, we've kind of talked about this already tonight. There's a litany of running backs lost from fantasy rosters. So uh, yeah. So everybody's pretty comfortable starting, starting him in their flex, right? Like, what do you guys think about this? Like, uh, who was it? I can't remember who didn't like Deontay Johnson the most, but I want to ask, what do you think of somebody like that? Like a chase Edmonds versus a Deontay Johnson in your flex spot this week in a PPR league.
0: That's tough. That's Deontay really- coming off the injury. I. The Cardinals are going to have to keep up in on the score sheet with the Seahawks because the Seahawks are going to be able to score. Um, so, you know, the, the rushing opportunity might not be as huge for Edmonds, but he could capitalize on that with efficiency. I think give me Edmonds just because of Deontay's injury and the other pass catchers who have emerged, but I'm not sure about you guys, but I would start Edmonds, I think, even though in a normal situation where Deontay's been healthy for a couple weeks prior, I would probably go Deontay.
2: Really in the same way, Trap, just by a hair. (laughs) It pains me to say on
4: that. So we're, yeah, you know, I think I might lean Deontay on that one as well, just for the upside in the PPR league. Uh, for the floor, I think he does have a higher floor than, than Chase Edmonds. Uh, Brian, what do you think about Josh Kelly or Chase Edmonds this week? Uh,
1: I Smokey's going to hate me on this one. I'm taking Edmonds for sure. <laughs> you know, it, I feel bad uh, too, but. If, if, if Seattle is going to be beat, it's going to be through the air. They are actually pretty stout on that uh, defensive line there against the run, and against you know Arizona's offensive line, they're uh, they're graded higher uh, on PFF, and you know Kelly just hasn't looked good the last few games. You know I'm gonna I'm gonna take the chance that Edmonds can take a couple of those passes that he's going to see the targets out of the backfield and go for high yardage and maybe a touchdown. Yeah, and
4: that's pretty much what Jules was saying, that he can make your make your week on one play because he is getting in there a ton in the red zone and stuff too. So I think those are those are really good points. I think we can move out of this backfield and definitely uh, taking a long time here on these games. Really sorry, everybody. Uh, no, we good, have to man. talk about New Copkins really quick though. Where do you guys land on the argument of starting a stud who may play in a late game? Are you risking it uh, for the biscuit or are you guys pivoting? What What do you think, Jim? Start him. Um,
3: so I think, well, if you have a Nuke, to be honest with you, I think the sneaky play is if you can get him, pick up Larry Fitzgerald, because if there's any sort of or doubt, Andy
0: Isabella baby,
3: or Andy Isabella, he was he was my uh, goal this week going going in was was Andy Isabella, but I don't think he's going to be as readily available on the waiver wires, and uh, I think a 37 year old Larry Fitzgerald will be. So if you have some concerns about Nuke Hopkins and he doesn't end up going game time, I mean, because you're not going to have too many options now, uh, slap Larry in there and hope for the best.
2: But
4: yeah, but he, I, I think not
2: only. I, I just want to throw this out there as a, a bit bold, but if, if Larry's not out there, another guy I would target on waivers would be David Moore in that game. Uh, you know, he's got a, a time. He could, he could blow up any any play. He can score a 60-yard touchdown. He only needs one from Russ, and, you know, if you can't find Larry out there, can't find Christian Kirk I mean, Andy Isabella is probably there, but, um, you know, take that shot on more, you know, if you're desperate. And Very good call. There.
4: That is <laughs> a <Yeah>. spectacular call. <laughs> I think him or Andy Isabella, I'm taking David Moore in that one. Uh, and not only am I playing Nuke, but I probably rank Nuke Hopkins as the wide receiver one overall this week. Obviously have to monitor it, adjust our lineups accordingly, but, uh, if, if you have to play, if you have to pivot, I think you're right. Like, we could even be looking at these Cardinals wide receivers. They allow, uh, like, Seattle's allowing the most fantasy points to wide receivers. They've allowed almost, you know, they've allowed the most targets, catches, air yards, receiving yards. Remember, 22 teams also have played an extra game uh, than Seattle. So the other thing you look at when you look at air yards and everything is that everything does align with how the Cardinals are using both Christian Kirk and, he is, and, and Isabella. And Larry Fitzgerald, uh, you know, he might be tied with father time in round 12 right now, but he is still playing 70% of the snaps. So in a PPR league, I don't think he's not a safe option, you know, uh, but I want to concentrate on Kirk. He, you know, there's truth. There's no doubt, but if he is being used, like he's being used so differently with all the air yards, the matchup, if nuke misses, how high are you ranking uh, Christian Kirk, Brian? Uh,
1: I think if, if, Hopkins is out. You have to look at Kirk as a possible wide receiver, too. I'd put him right around the guys, uh, right around the wide receiver 20 range. You know, I'd I'd play him over Cup. Sorry, Trav. Uh, oh. Probably play him over Claypool, OBJ, Lamb. Uh, I'm still going to play Void over him, though.
4: Really? I really like some of those players, especially OBJ. I'm playing him over OBJ. Like, it's just one that stuck out, and it's like, wow, if you told me that before the year.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, He's ranked as a wide receiver
4: three in ECR, (laughs) but I think we can all agree that he's a solid wide receiver. Two has upside for that blow-up game if Nuke misses. Love how Jimbo, I was going to mention Larry Fitzgerald, who, you know, he's the wide receiver 60 in ECR. These guys are crazy. He's going to finish exactly as the wide receiver 42. And Andy Isabella, you know, if you if you don't I, I think I would start Andy Isabella. It's one of those things, like if you're gonna miss all these chunks of points from what was expected to be a blow up game from New Hopkins, it might be better served in your lineup to start an Andy Isabella over a Larry Fitzgerald, though. But I love David Moore. I think I think David Moore was a was a great call. So does anybody have any final thoughts on Seattle and Arizona before I move on?
2: Dan Arnold, tight end one.
4: Okay. You heard here first oh. and last. Drop him
3: the if you do if you do have anybody in that game you're worried about, like hit, hit your waiver wire now, right? Like don't 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 be waiting. Like yep. You, yep. back yeah. for it now. And I so, I think
4: we all nailed it. Like a lot of the options are in that exact game, too. And and the Monday well, nighter.
0: A tricky piece is, yeah, the Monday nighter. you're not going to find many options for that fill-in because with Chicago, you got, like, maybe Anthony Miller is out there and you don't want to start him. And then as far as the Rams, they haven't had that third receiver emerge and then Gerald Everett would probably be somebody that you might be able to get, but he's a sketchy start too. So um, Mooney. Good, point, good point on that. Yeah. yeah. Mooney. <laughs> um, his nickname used to be Mooney Mooney, as in like the um, Billy Idol song, Mooney Mooney. I think Mooney Mooney. Yeah. Uh,
4: <laughs> totally. Yeah, uh, I was uh, doing the Luke from the OC. Mooney. <laughs> <laughs> Some, someone will get it. So <laughs> no, I will move right along here. We're going to go to the game with the highest over under here. So this is a good game. Green Bay at Houston. I think a lot of people are giving this game to Green Bay mistakenly. Uh, Deshaun Watson has never played Green Bay. The new coaching staff in Houston and their pass funnel offense will, they'll definitely be in tough considering they're the world's biggest run funnel on defense. Uh, Trav, you were talking about Aaron Jones before this. Do you want to just kind of maybe preface this whole conversation with some Aaron Jones talk?
0: Yeah, just that uh, he is not looking super good to play tomorrow. Um, In looking at the practice report here, I'm just going to find that game um well anyway while I look for that they did pull up Dexter the Sexter Williams off the practice squad this week um so that could be a telltale sign that they are prepping for um even if he's not active maybe less work for Aaron Jones um I actually didn't mind Dexter coming in last off season I don't think he's going to get a bunch of work if Aaron Jones were to sit I think it would be the Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon show uh with Tyler Irvin being injured as well so yeah, just prepare to have an alternate because it looks like Aaron Jones is going to be a game time decision. Um, still questionable at this point, has not been ruled out, but that's going to be one that you're going to need to check, going to need to check on in the morning. Um, and for us West Coasters, we got to get up and do that early. So make sure you grab some form of replacement on the waiver wire if need be, if you don't have anybody on your bench. Yeah, and I always
4: wonder how a player deals with that when they are in a contract year and they are running back. Will he uh, be reluctant to to kind of you know prove it, that that he that he can go out there and be a warrior uh, because we all know he is. So. I think maybe if Aaron Jones was to miss this game, it makes it even more uh, of all the makings of a shootout in this game that has the highest over-under. And you think about the spread, I mean, Houston is getting three and a half points, but Green Bay is four and one against the spread, whereas the Texans are one and five against the spread this year. And the concern for Houston is, you know, besides Green Bay having something to prove after last week, is how slow their offense has been and how slow Green Bay has forced their opponents to be this season. It's really shocking. And, of course, the elite rushing team in the Packers facing the Texans' league-worst run defense. And I know if Aaron Jones misses, we have to scale that back a bit, but you also think it's pretty interesting they call up a Dexter Williams and they want four running backs active. I think that's pretty Mm -hmm. pretty interesting. And I think turnovers could be an issue in this game because of – just Deshaun Watson being pretty poor under pressure this week. But I also want to see what happens with Green Bay because we have David Bakhtiari, Lindsey. We, we have some offensive line pieces in Green Bay to, <laughs> to monitor as well. But I'm going to start with Houston with their signal caller, Deshaun Watson. He's quarterback seven on the season. Uh, he also has 57 points in the last two weeks. He's starting to heat up. And as a passer, I think it's awesome that not much has changed without Nuke Hopkins, in my opinion. So I don't know. Does anybody, is anybody scared enough of this Packers matchup to deviate?
0: No, I think Deshaun Watson's ability to get, uh, get away from pressure. Obviously he, I think he puts himself into shitty situations sometimes when he does that, but he also makes freaking magic sometimes when he does that. And um, that has kind of showed with their crappy offensive line and he's still maintaining that fantasy value. So I'm not really shying away the matchup for Deshaun Watson
4: myself. What Trav? Rest of the season. Do you want Deshaun Watson or do you want Josh Allen?
0: I think I want Josh Allen. Yeah, I think it's just you, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I think I want Josh Allen as well. You know, I I look at uh, Deshaun Watson is you know he's got a great talent, but he's probably more of a top twelve guy. Uh, but he's he's got the hardest strength of schedule remaining for a QB look at some of the matchups that he has, you know, remaining, and uh, w- what is it? He's got uh, right leading up into the playoffs, you know, Indy, Chicago, uh, and then India again, and it just it looks tough, you know, it's it's going to be a tough sledding for him.
4: Yeah, Indy has been just punishing uh, quarterbacks in mm-hmm. fantasy football this year. I know they're. They've had some cake matchups, but it's really impressive what they've done, especially the Bears as well. Uh, Jim, what do you think about these two quarterbacks in this matchup with the highest over-under? Do you want Aaron Rodgers coming off that game, or do you want Deshaun Watson? Like a cash DFS lineup, who are you starting? Oh, man, a
3: cash DFS lineup. Give me Aaron Rodgers.
4: That's funny, yeah, because you're going to go a little safer. So, yeah, I gave you such a cop out there. Not fair. (laughs) Speaking of not fair, guys, David Johnson, pass catching. Uh, So he is the running back 21 right now in fantasy. He's the running back 13 in ECR this week. Do you guys agree with him being a top 15 running back this week?
2: I don't know. I don't see how that happens. I really don't.
4: Like Josh Jacobs is below him. He has a very tough matchup. No offensive line, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so mean, back, but David. Did,
2: did you guys see that? I saw everybody other than Richardson is able to play.
4: Oh really?
0: For the Raiders?
2: Yeah, I, I read that oh, report wow. this morning. They wow! Didn't, yeah.
0: I did yeah. not see that. Yeah, I read that this morning. So that, that was good news for
2: Josh Jacobs.
0: Okay. Side note: How the fuck does that happen? By the way, like, right? I was, your, I was. Where's your 14 day quarantine, boys? Let's go.
5: Honor, but anyway, system. But I, you, honestly, too. honor
2: system. Negative test. Honor system. <laughs> ne- negative test.
0: I, I, I swear I don't have it. You're good.
3: You're
0: good. You're <laughs> good. <laughs> you the old body temperature. Take
4: that temperature. I mean, I mean he under said, under said he didn't
0: have it. He, he said he didn't, so.
4: <laughs> didn't sign the waiver. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so guys, why I wanted to mention is because it's really sad that he hasn't got a lot of receiving work. And when we look at this particular matchup against Green Bay, uh, Green Bay is giving up almost 12 half PPR points to running backs per game via just pass catching, which is really crazy. So it does shape up as an ideal matchup for DJ in theory. But I wanted to mention DJ has zero games this season with over four targets, no games with 32 <laughs> receiving yards. And he has zero games over three catches this year, and he has one or two catches in five straight games. So this is David Johnson, of course, and also week one was DJ's only game, hitting 14 PPR points this season, uh, which is something to know since he is ranked as a borderline running back one in ECR. And I think we are all kind of fighting that one. So does that leave room for some Duke Johnson? Is he in? Is he? Does he have some flexual healing potential for people this week? No wish. I hope so, no, but
1: not at but all. No. <laughs>
2: uh, I'll, I'll jump in here because so Sm- Smokey and I are in a, a 32 team league again, uh, and I'm forced into a starting what? Duke this week. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's it's a 32 team league, but it's 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 .5 PPR for running backs, what full point for receivers, and then 1.5 for tight ends, and then you know there's there's an IDP, and the scoring settings are are all kinds of crazy. It, it's a lot of fun, but I'm forced to start Duke this week because there's literally. No options. My two running backs this week are Duke Johnson and Darrell Williams. And you know, everybody else is on everybody else is on bye. I've got Mark Andrews, Irv Smith both on bye and and then Tua and and uh Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. So it's a hey, it's hey, tough for
4: me. Yeah. You know who's ranked directly ahead of Duke Johnson in ECR this week is Le'Veon Bell. So you just missed there, buddy. In another ah. in another universe. In another universe, you had a couple top fifty backs yeah, going. That would have been Daryl <laughs> <Bill> Williams,
2: baby. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I know, right? I was I was I was hoping for that. But then when uh when Bell signed there, it's killed my Daryl Williams dreams from yeah. <laughs> from week one. Whatever whatever dreams were left.
4: <laughs> so Jim, Jim, you were the guy on Thursday who told me uh, the other Smokey, not TNFF Smokey, but John Brown was going to miss this game. Uh, would you start Zach Moss over uh, over Duke Johnson this week? Man,
3: no. <laughs>
4: yeah, you're going to go with Duke. You're going to go oh. with Duke for the hopes <laughs> of a couple catches,
3: eh? No. Well, this like Green Bay is terrible, and they gave up the the most points to, or second most points, or like. I don't know, second or third most points to the position against running backs, man. So I'm going to take the dart throw on, on, on the Duke and a couple pass catches. We'll see what happens. Yeah,
5: I think I'm
4: with with Jimbo.
3: I like Deshaun Watson and his ability a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
4: and I, I know he doesn't target the running backs that much, but clearly he's not targeting DJ very much at all. And Duke Johnson, you know, I think I'm with I'm with Jimbo here. I'll just take the few catches that I think he gets and. He's bound to have a decent game at some point. I mean, he hasn't had 50 yards from scrimmage yet this year, so go Duke this game. Here we go. Playing Duke the Johnson, gut feeling on that one. Duke Johnson has wide one. Wide receiver 86. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, running back. Yeah.
0: If, got, I get, uh, if I get the flex game. play 70. Sorry, dude. It's one game, over, one game over one reception for Duke. So I'm not so oh, sure about that couple. Yeah, wow. he's got zero, yeah. three, one, and one. So mm-hmm. give me Zach Moss because I'll take four carries over four targets to get, get zero catches any day. Totally. But I and think, think Moss's role is going to grow. Zach, Moss too. Zach yeah. Moss's role is going to grow.
4: I'll just face plant into a bunch of hot tar instead of any of them in my lineup. And let's Those move are two on of your Whirlpool. faves, Ty. That's true. I love both those guys, uh, talent-wise especially. Uh, Speaking of which, Will Fuller, uh, uh, undeniable talent. He's a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy right now because he has been relatively healthy. Yeah, and when healthy, boys, he's a wide receiver one in fantasy lineup. So... What do you do with a player like this? Are you trying to trade him because of the durability? He's played literally half the games in the last three years. Or because of the stigma associated with Will Fuller, are you buying him because he usually goes for wide receiver two prices? What do you think, Jules? Uh, I,
2: I still think I'm trying to I'm trying to sell here. You know, anytime I get a player that has, uh, you know, an injury history as extensive as his is, and, you know, just a, uh, I, I'm not sure that I can put that guy in my lineup every week and, and feel good about it. You know, so, um, you know, like you said, he is a top 12 wide receiver, but Will Fuller makes his money off of the big play and those boom games. And I mean, teams have to start stopping it eventually, right? There's one guy that can catch balls there. (laughs) I mean, what about Cooks? I guess, but like he's, he's, bl- he's giving you zeros all over the place too, you know? Cooks is, yeah. I mean, he had a, a great game two weeks ago, but that's I don't good. know. Cooks is Bill O'Brien Cooks? Thing
1: on. He's been doing pretty good.
2: Yeah. That's I, of the I, yeah maybe, 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 maybe it's Bill, you know? I, I actually, I'll be honest, guys. I didn't get to watch any football last week. It was my, uh, my, <laughs> my parents in law's, uh, 25th wedding anniversary. We did a surprise party for him. So it was just, uh, a crazy weekend and, and I got maybe an hour of, of football in, but uh, you know, I'm still in the process of going
4: back and watching.
2: So, you know, the last I saw of cooks was almost that dud and uh, basically rid of, wrote them off from there.
4: Yeah. Well, he's kind of cooking right now. He is the wide receiver four overall across the last two weeks. And of course he was top five guy last week. So, you know, I think there's, there's an argument to be made for either of these guys. I also brought up that Deshaun Watson hasn't looked all that different on paper. When you look at his statistics no. uh, without new Hopkins there, And that's because Will Fuller has scored in four straight games. He has three games over 100 yards receiving, and Brandon Cooks is starting to heat up. So I'll go to you here, Brian. Start only one of these guys. Brandon Cooks, Juju Smith-Schuster, or T. Higgins in Cleveland? Facing
1: Cleveland. Oh, I hate saying this, but uh, I'm actually faced with some of the – or two of these guys' uh, decisions, and I'm sitting Juju. I'm playing Cooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think he just has way higher upside in this game and we just haven't seen it from, from Juju yet. You know, T Higgins has been getting some targets here and there, but then last week, you know, green started coming on, but T's been targeted in the red zone, but I I'm still going cooks.
4: Uh, would you have a different answer there, Jim, or do you want to rank those three guys, Brennan cooks, Juju and T Higgins? <sighs>
3: I would probably go with the upside with T Higgins uh in my lineup this week. And I'm a huge I'm a huge Cooks fan, man. Like I was the guy that was advocating that his his uh yearly average is pretty much on par with what Nuke was giving him. Uh clearly it's not going to be this year because of Bill O'Brien and a stink. But as you alluded to now he's gone and he's looking good too. But like they're all they're all pretty good options. I would go, but me, yeah, I'd, I'd lean a little bit T Higgins and just slightly
4: over Brandon cooks. Yeah, I like it. And I think we're all in agreement that Juju can go to hell this week against Tennessee. So <laughs> we'll move on. But I, I really wanted to mention that Brandon cooks, you know, eyes on him, And next week, maybe we can dive into his rest of the season value because that, that might be interesting. Uh, if he comes out and has another big game. So let, what about the other guy? Actually, Randall Cobb, anybody trying to squeeze Randall Cobb in their lineup? Uh, it is, after all, the revenge of the Cobb in this game after spending I actually, of his career.
0: I have a couple leagues where I have to start four flex players. So, yeah, I'm putting Randall Cobb in, in one of those. Um, he's he's not exciting. Uh, but in the PPR league, he can maybe give you that 10 points that you need out of your fourth flex or whatever. So, uh, yeah, why the hell not? Cobb's your
4: uncle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that,
0: that's my that's my confidence level. Is why the hell not right? So it's not <laughs> yeah, totally him, yeah. You know, so.
4: <laughs> and uh, I don't actually have any information on Jordan Aiken. Sorry, I blew it there. Uh, but I know he was battling a concussion. I Darren Fells is the play. tight
0: end to own.
4: Exactly, and Aiken, at-
0: yeah, I think I'll check on that tie. Just one sec. Yeah,
4: well, what I think Darren Fells is, is an interesting play. See the tight
3: end fifteen currently on season.
4: He's pretty close. Uh, I think it might be 15, 16 range. Yeah. Darren Fels, Yeah. And he had that in how he it
3: is. It's like from type, you're not getting one of the top three, top four. I think it's yeah. like in sequential where five through 15 are really, I think it's like very, very close. So yeah. Like that-
4: he, he's exactly. And what, like you're saying, like, tight end is pretty much touchdown or bust on a weekly basis outside of that top range. Like whoever scores is going to occupy that range of the rankings in that week. And he's like Fells is a touchdown or bust tight end, but he's going against, and I know green Bay is only allowed one touchdown to the tight end position this year, but Fels has scored in back-to-back games without Jordan Aikens. And he's only behind Travis Kelsey in fantasy points over those two weeks. So it's, it's, I think it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm I starting
0: him in more, uh, Scott fishbowl.
4: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Me too. Give me, me that.
2: Too, Did you just change just that, trap? Uh, that big zero I got from Caden <laughs> <laughs>
5: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so
4: let's go to the more exciting uh, kind of group of players, I guess, depending on uh, if Aaron Jones plays. But the other Aaron going to Green Bay here, Aaron Rodgers. We are all starting Aaron Rodgers. We kind of touched on him with Deshaun there. I was looking, the last time Rodgers had a Dudley, just a game that was so bad, like he did last week, under five points uh, against Tampa Bay. The last time he had such a bad performance was a six-point performance in 2015, and he followed that up with a 32-point outing for fantasy owners. So if I said in the game with the highest over-under uh, point total, if I said 25 points, is everybody taking the over for Aaron Rodgers this week?
3: Yeah. it. Yeah
0: yeah i think so
4: because i bet you could i bet you could get in on that on a lot of prop sites DraftKings or monkey knife fight so the other aaron is the guy we have to monitor right because you want to start the guy averaging 23 ppr points a game uh And, yeah, Houston is literally the best matchup for running backs uh, other than the Green Bay Packers, as Jim alluded to when we were talking Duke Johnson there. And they've allowed eight rushing touchdowns to running backs, over 250 receiving yards, so you can just eat them up any way you want. So what do you guys think about Jamal Williams, though? Is it wheels up for Jamal Williams? He's, like, you know, running back 43 right now, but he's ranked as the running back 30 in ECR, in PPR. And I think, I guess, that would have to do something with the apprehension of Aaron Jones and what what's going to happen with him in this game. So Trav, do you have any interest in Jamal Williams as like an RB three or a flex?
0: If Aaron Jones doesn't play, I think he's a strong running back too, most likely um, with Aaron Jones banged up. Yeah. Probably a flex play. Um, he's going to get, you know, a couple of targets um, with not very many other targets for Aaron Rodgers to go to. Um, and yeah, like, Obviously, if you're the one who has him on your roster, you're hoping, you're not hoping, but you know, you're kind of hoping that Aaron Jones doesn't play. Um, But if he does, I think you could toss him in the flex and get a little bit out of him. But you just, you know, that's you have to be expecting to not get a whole lot if Aaron Jones does suit up. Um, But you could you could have that payoff big and be a, a weak winner, essentially, with Jamal Williams if Aaron Jones
4: does sit. Yeah, I want to mention. uh, I said earlier that it's interesting they want four running backs dressed. I think Tyler Irvin is also going to miss this game, so they will only have three. Yeah, so they might only have three running backs dressed. We'll see. But uh, he's quietly been very involved this season. He's even ran routes out of the slot and stuff. So maybe Jamal Williams inherits a little bit of that role. What What do you think, Brian? Do you think Jamal Williams? He's seen some receiving work on his stat sheet, but a lot of that came in that one game. Uh, Do you think he can see some receiving work or was that one game just a one-off in week four?
1: Uh, No, I think, I think he can see some receiving work. If you look back to last year when Aaron Jones missed time, you know, uh, Adams was able to come out with a few big games, catching a few receiving touchdowns and stuff. Uh, I don't know exactly how the rotation is going to be with those running backs. Are they going to see what they got with that you know, high draft pick of A.J. Dillon. Are they going to see if they can bang it out with him on on some early downs and use Jamal in in some passing down situations? Or It's it's hard to really say what they're going to come out with if uh, Adams misses time here.
4: Yeah, AJ Dillon coming out party. Who knows? That would be uh, really exciting to see. I always love to see uh, a young running back have their their first big game of their career. Uh, Let's go to a guy who's had about a billion big games in his career, Devontae Adams. Uh, Only two players who have played three or more games this season are scoring 20 points per game at the wide receiver position in PPR. Calvin Ridley and Devontae Adams. We talked New Hopkins having not practiced all week or limited today, I guess. uh, We know Julio is back in the mix for the Falcons as well, Devonte Adams is probably the wide receiver overall one this week. I would say uh, the Texans are horrible against the run, but they aren't necessarily a run funnel either. They're bottom. They're like a bottom ten unit against wide receivers in fantasy. They've also allowed nine touchdowns to wide receivers. So, who would uh, would anybody take anybody over Devonte Adams this week? Um,
2: Hard to bet against them. <laughs>
4: Yeah, nobody's got nobody here. So what about Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Not unlike last season, this guy's left a ton of fantasy points on the field. Uh, he's only barely in the top 50 of ECR right now. Are you trying to get Marquez Valdez-Scantling in your lineups, or will it be all run game, all Devontae Adams here? What do you, what Fuck do you him. think, Jim?
3: Um, um, Fuck uh, MBS. MBS, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with his ass. Uh, big Bob Tanyan is a piece that I want of that offense over MBS. If you yeah, if he yeah. plays.
0: He's got the Q tag. Um, and yeah. actually, Bob, Bob Tunyon was one of Josh's puffs in the Puff Puff Pass article as well. Um, but if he plays, he it's a good shot, Jimmy.
4: Yeah, Sour cream and Tunyon. <laughs> <laughs> nice I'm telling you... And if he plays, guys, we should all have Tunyon breath. We should all have him in our lineups if he's playing. I'm telling you.
0: I'd like some Tunyon rings, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is, I want the, the yes, tower. The, the tower from Red Robs. Yeah. I actually had Red, Red Rob Robs last right night. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I had it last night.
3: I got shifted in this uh, rotation of Olympic rings here, and now I don't know where to point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Blame Julian.
4: And now Tyrell is on the top row. No doubt. <laughs> um, so, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna move right along here swiftly. Uh, let's go to the Cleveland at Cincinnati game. Another 10 a.m. game, 1 p.m. for you suckers out there on the East Coast. These teams are wrapping up their season series early. Uh, Cleveland won the first matchup 35-30. Hopefully we get another barn burner this week. And it is a 50 and a half uh, point total. Both these teams, uh, I think Cincinnati's only getting like three points, which would probably surprise a lot of people at home. And they started 4-0 against the spread this year. They've gone 0-2 since. Ugh. So I don't want to talk about that. But uh, there, there's actually a lot of marquee injuries. Do you have the injury report up for Cleveland there by chance, Trav?
0: I most certainly do. Austin Hooper is out with an illness. Wyatt Teller is out with a calf. Um, Jacob Phillips out with, yeah, Wyatt Teller is a big one on the O-line. And uh, yeah, a a linebacker. And then safety Carl Joseph is questionable. Um, So Hooper has actually been surprisingly a lot more involved the last few weeks. So that is a big loss for a team that is going uh, with some two tight end sets. Um, look out for old Harry Bryant, I think it is. Um, I still can't can't remember which freaking Bryant went there. Um, But yeah, yeah, definitely definitely some key injuries for the Brownies after that uh, slobber knocker they took at the hands of your Stillers.
4: Yep, and well, it's probably a good thing then that the Bengals have just spent this entire season refusing to acknowledge that their system is kind of not able to protect their quarterback. I mean, that offensive line needs to be exponentially better, they they need to make serious adjustments. I mean, Miles Garrett will definitely teach them a lesson again this uh, this week, I think. The Browns are coming off a game they got embarrassed by the division rival you mentioned, Trav. They, they'll be looking to do the same against the Bengals this week, I think. And I think on the other side, if Cincinnati is looking to play catch-up, it's going to be a lot of Joe Burrow who leads the NFL in pass attempts and 300-yard passing games. And we're going to see a lot of Boyd Higgins and A.J. Green. I know everyone hates A.J. Green even more than Kenyon Drake. But we're going to see him this week. Uh, So let's get into the let's let's actually go to Cleveland here first. Trav did you say Kareem Hunt is he fine?
0: Uh, Yeah he's not on there. He's not uh, he's not even on the report so he's going to be good to go.
4: Neither is Jarvis Landry? Correct. And neither is Baker Mayfield? Correct. That's wild Baker, I saw Baker's ribs, the ribs were a ribs, lot of ribs got healed The ribs were on special in Cleveland all week long. I saw that. Yeah, everybody was just had their ribs hurt. Everyone must have just got in there and healed together. I don't know what they did there, but that's impressive. So, Baker Everyone Mayfield came out with
1: punctured lungs.
4: <laughs> yeah, no uh, ruptured kidneys, nothing. So, Baker Mayfield guys, he is not a quarterback 2 right now. He hasn't scored 16 fantasy points in a game this season, not against Washington, not against Dallas, not in the first matchup against Cincinnati. So lots of teams draft three quarterbacks in super flex leagues. And, uh, Mr. Yeah. Matthew, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, <laughs> your quarterback sure, love mean. is it's famous or, or infamous? Hate. I'm not, yeah, I'm not quite sure there, but it like Baker's even behind guys like Stafford, Teddy, Derek Carr, the list goes on. So are you sitting Baker Mayfield in Superflex Leagues at this point if you have a decent option. Not a better option, a decent option.
3: Yeah, just because of the rib injury. I think that is tricky. I'm surprised he's not on an injury report right now. Um, Even with a rib protector, throws a little bit off with your quarterback, throw rhythm. Uh, He hasn't been exactly exemplary stellar to begin with. So, Yeah, I'm uh, if I have a, a decent option, like you said, not a better option, yeah, I'm, I, I'd roll it. Uh, who's your decent option, Stafford?
4: Exact and I—that's exactly what what I kind of say. Like maybe Drew Locke is below him. I don't know. There's no. There's really a hard. It's hard to find New York Jets quarterback. That's who I'd have below him. But uh, <laughs> I look. Kyle I think Allen. He's kinda, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Allen. Nick Foles. Kyle maybe? Allen. Bulls below him, definitely.
0: Sam D. Um,
4: I think we. Sorry, could also... I'll shut up. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Like these are the guys, and it's it ain't pretty, right? So I, I think we could also tip our cap to the Bengals. Uh, like another reason not to start Baker if you can't is they allow over 20 points per game to the quarterback last season. They were fifth worst. Uh, this year they're actually below average as when it comes to being a matchup for quarterbacks in fantasy. Uh, in part thanks to Baker scoring under 15 points in that win earlier in the year when they put up 35 points. Uh, but the Bengals are allowing the third most rushing yards, to running backs right now. And the reason we all thought Baker would struggle for fantasy this year is the Browns team hired Stefanski and they were set to roll out some run heavy looks. So what do you think, Brian, do you think this is a blow up spot for cream hunt after a big letdown last week?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think cream's going to bounce back with a big, big, uh, big spot here. You know, they're going to try and establish to run something that they weren't able to do against Pittsburgh last week, and uh, get back to the football that they were they were playing before. Uh, they're going to come out and give Kareem the rock and see what he can do.
4: Yeah, that's really well. So, I mean, Kareem Hunt is still a top 10 running back in PPR. What I think is interesting is exactly what you said. They need to get back to how they were playing, you know, a few weeks ago. He's the running back 18 since Chubb went down. So, that should correct this week. I mean, this week Hunt's a top 5 running back, I think we would all agree. Uh, just like mm-hmm. he was in their Week 2 game with Chubb in the lineup. He scored 24 points in PPR in that week, scoring a rushing and receiving touchdown in that game. Hey, Jules, you mentioned you had to start poor Duke Johnson this week in a lineup. What about if you were, would you, would you rather start Dearness Johnson? Would you rather have Dearness go to school for you? Um, You know,
2: I think that, I think it's an all right play here. Uh, If I had the choice between the two, I think I'm going to take the upside. You know, we, like you, you said earlier, Duke hasn't had over 50 yards in a game this season. And, you know, Dearness Johnson got one, one game where, you know, he got some volume and was able to hit that mark. So I think that's the, the the way I lean, but you know, both of them are pretty ugly and I,
4: I don't want to play either of them. (laughs) Travis would you start Dearness Johnson or Tony Pollard hmm hmm,
0: hmm, hmm. that's a really that's really close I you know we like Tony P but I think I'd probably go Dearness Johnson too um just a coach who's shown that he's wanted to use a two-back set Austin Hooper is out so uh over the past three weeks that's 23 targets that have gone to Austin Hooper so um Dearness could even get a couple of those so I'm gonna take Dearness Johnson there too
4: what about Cam Akers? Would you play Cam Akers against Chicago instead?
0: With Daryl Henderson busted up a little bit. Um, Cam Akers definitely has more upside. Leaving yourself out on a bit of a limb playing that Monday nighter with Akers because um, it'll be the ultimate letdown on the Monday nighter. Give me Dearness. Give me Dearness. Okay. It sucks, but okay. give me earnest.
4: So guys, with, with Baker struggling and us entertaining Dearness Johnson in our fantasy lineups, <laughs> just let that sink in for a second, oh, boy. it's not surprising oh. that these wide receivers have disappointed some folks. So let's start with Odell Beckham Jr. He's the wide receiver 19 in PPR, but he hasn't broken 85 yards receiving in any game this year. And his blow-up week against this putrid, that putrid uh, cowboy secondary, that accounts for almost half his fantasy points this year. So... You know, his only other game over 11 points was the week two game against the Bengals. So where do you land on OBJ? Uh, Anybody hop in? Where where do you land on OBJ? Because we're getting to that point where can we even trust him as a wide receiver two in our lineups? Trust
0: is pretty strong. (laughs)
5: Yeah. <laughs> the
4: strongest we'll, we'll, thing in the world travis we'll, we'll supervise
0: him after we pass it over so we can kind of supervise you know but we won't just trust him to go off by himself with it um it's been super up and down and he was somebody that i was kind of hoping for a bit of a research coming into the season but it's been sketchy i think if i'm picking one of the guys in the browns on the, on the browns whether it's landry or him i'm still going to go with odell um But yeah, it's it's not easy, dude. So um, he is going to be starting as your wide receiver two, most likely because of where you've got him and the structure of most rosters. But um, I'd rather have him in the flex with other options potentially. And I might still start him, but I might have some other options. But uh, if you're stuck, you're stuck and it could be worse at the wide receiver two position, I guess.
4: Cool, and nobody wants to hop in with a poop joke, so I think it's interesting that you said everyone is starting OBJ finally over Landry, which wasn't a foregone conclusion in 2019. But guys, Jarvis Landry leads the NFL in catches among players without a touchdown. Jarvis has the most receiving yards among all scoreless losers in the NFL. Uh, Jim, do you like uh, Jarvis Landry this week? What do you think? Where is he? A Wide receiver two, wide receiver three, wide receiver no?
3: Uh... He's he's in my flex because well, like you said, if you're starting guys like Dontrell Hilliard or Deion Ernest Johnson or whoever else you're fucking throwing darts at it somewhere. Uh yeah, you got you gotta end up starting them. Um I have a question though, would you rather start one of those two Browns wide receivers or a guy like Mike Williams?
4: What do you think, Brian?
3: I
1: actually like Mike Williams in this matchup. I'd probably start him over, uh, over Landry easy.
4: Yeah. I think, I think I'd start him over Landry. I don't know if I could start him over Odell Beckham just because I think they equally have that opportunity to score a 55 yard touchdown out of nowhere. You know what I mean? So I think I might just go with the guy that I spent more on when it comes to Odell Beckham jr. Like, I don't think I, it it would be one of those ones where I would regret not having started OBJ if, that yeah and he's seeing the volume more too Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and and you know Jarvis Landry was banged up too so and Kareem Hunt banged up Baker Mayfield banged up like let's get OBJ back there it's OBJ time no doubt best quarterback in Cleveland
5: yeah
4: (laughs) yeah
0: boys I'm just gonna take five real quick I'll be right back
4: cool so hey Jules if you can't start Jarvis Landry as a top 36 wide receiver. He's not even your wide receiver this uh, three this week. Like, what kind of value do you think he holds going forward?
2: Uh, in Dynasty, are we talking here or, or are we just talking redraft?
4: No, for, yeah, for 2020. Like, that's what I'm saying. Are we going to get to a point in week 10 where you're dropping Jarvis Landry?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I, I've seen him on waiver wires in some places, you know, especially in shallower leagues, 10-team leagues, things like that. You know, because he, he he's not an upside play, right? There's almost no upside. You know what you're going to get in Jarvis Landry. You now, some some leagues, that that's what you need. You know, you need 8 to 10 points out of your flex, and you know you're going to get it. But, you know, generally when I build my lineup, I don't want 8 to 10 points out of my flex. I want to put a guy in there who can give me 25 points. So, um, you know, I, I don't think he's a drop because he is involved in the offense. He's going to continue to be involved in the offense. Like you said, he's uh, – you know, hot first in receiving yards and receptions for players who haven't scored yet. And he's not a big scoring guy, but if those numbers do jump up, you know, I don't think it's unrealistic to think Jarvis finishes the year with five touchdowns. We're already seven weeks in, you know, those touchdowns got to come at some point. So yeah, I, I would hold.
4: Yeah. And, that, and last year Jarvis Landry had like 30% of the 10 zone targets. Like he was yeah. scoring touchdowns in his first year in Cleveland. He did have that connection with uh, Baker And now Baker Mm -hmm. doesn't have Austin Hooper. So I think it's definitely the week. It just feels like it. And, uh, you know, speaking of tight ends, you know, we can skip Austin Hooper because he is missing this game. Harrison Bryant might make for uh, an interesting spot start in, like, a deeper tight end premium league. Scott Fishbowl, leagues like that. But I want to ask somebody about David Njoku. I'll ask you, Jim. Hey, like... In a tight end premium league, are you kind of trying to trade for a player like David Njoku right now, predicting he gets traded in real life? Or is Cleveland just kind of thrilled to have all these tight ends and they're not going to trade him because they want all these two tight end sets?
3: Man, for the rest of the season, I don't really want anything to do with David Njoku. I can't really see the Cleveland Browns trading away way because uh, he – he's talented. I can't see them wanting to trade. I don't think first off, they get anywhere near return value on what he's actually worth. And two, I don't think they want to see uh, him against a competitor that could possibly hurt the rest of the season. So I don't think he's getting traded and I don't think there's enough upside for him in the rest of the season, which is really, really frustrating because like I alluded to in the beginning there, like he's a very talented player. Well, uh, tight end. Like he has the t- oh, man, I thought he was gonna be like top five, you know, at, at some point. Um Yeah, so it's frustrating. Rest of the season though, I'm not really looking to do anything uh with him. Uh just probably get old for him. He would be the guy that'd be dropping for, for waiver wire pickups, you know, I would
4: assume. Yeah, definitely, definitely outside of like tight end premiums, a hard guy to own even at this point. So speaking of trades, let's go to the other team in this matchup who has Experienced Auden Tate and John Ross demanding trades. Meanwhile, AJ Green just puts along as dignified as humanly possible every every <laughs> year. So let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's start with the quarterback. Joe Burrow is the quarterback. Seventeen feels like he should be uh, a little higher. <laughs> That's for sure. Trav, me and Trav, uh, when we when we had Nick and D Brown on the episode on Wednesday, we, it, this is another team that we talked a lot about. So feel free to go back and listen, everybody, because we we dove in pretty good about the Bengals because there's so much going on. And it's mostly all about volume and fantasy points that have been left on the table in Cincinnati because, yeah, bro, has all these passing yards, all these attempts, but like he leads the NFL in attempts, but 25th in touchdown passes. And, you know, it travels to completed area, yards, all that stuff. So in a one quarterback league, are we starting Joe Burrow in a mediocre matchup like this one against the Browns? Trav, before you can get your bearings, I'm going to go to you.
0: Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> I think you definitely can based on volume. Um, it's hard to say, like Cleveland can put up some points with that running game against uh, against Cincinnati. So I do think you can start him based on the volume. Uh, he could take some lumps uh, that defense does have some playmakers, but I think you could do worse than starting Joe Burrow. Uh, just looking at the ECR here, he is uh quarterback 15 Ty, I don't know if you mentioned that story, um, but you know, like I said, he's one of those guys who's kind of a fringe quarterback one this week. Um, and you could be in a worse spot than starting, starting uh tiger King, Joe shout yeah, out to definitely. Viridian, shout out to Veridian global. They got a really sweet, uh, sweet shirt rocking the V gear. Um, they got, a, they got a nice Joe, Joe Burrow
4: design. Nice. Yeah, and I did not mention that he's uh, quarterback 15 in ECR. Instead, like you just sold me out, that I'm taking these guys that are very difficult decisions. To, uh,
0: <laughs> so very got well you, answered. Got you yeah. good, fucker. Got you good.
5: <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking
4: of which, speaking of which, so guys, the world's most annoying running back one on the planet in of all time on an annual basis, Joe Mixon. He's out. Uh, so how high... Can Joe uh, Gio Bernard fly? Uh, Jim, you mentioned that you have him definitely in that solid running back two, two category there. It, 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 that's, that's how you feel, eh? I sure do. <laughs>
5: uh,
4: <laughs> I don't see why he can't continue
3: when Joe Mixon's there. They keep trotting him out on third downs and fucking goal lines. Now he's not there. I don't see why he doesn't get any more of the volume. Um, they seem to like him. I don't know what it is if it's that old man mustache power that just seems to exude through him, but like I said, they trust him. Um, he was already getting goal line looks, and I said uh, important third down looks, and every time it was an important situation, they tried on old Giovanni in hard. And now like he said, "Mix and do it." I don't. I don't see why you don't just start him with confidence. I was starting to say, "Yeah, standalone value at this point."
4: Yeah, and I, I mean, I would point out that he didn't have a lot of rushing attempts before seeing eight last week. But I think it's really interesting. He was like, you know, one of the leaders in the NFL in fantasy points per touch for a while. So you could see how he was getting like all this, yeah, super advantageous work, like you pointed out. So what do you think, Jules? Do you think Geo do do you think Geo's a running back two, running back three? What should our expectations be? This I think
2: week? He's, he's in that right? two range, man. I mean, every time Gio comes in. He seems to put up monster weeks. It's like a. I don't understand why Joe can't do it when he's, he's the starting running back every week, but for some reason, it just seems like Geo just fits this offense. And, you know, I think, you know, this is a guy you can pick up off, probably not now, but earlier in the week could have picked up off of waivers and, uh, you know, slide him into your RB2 slot, slide him into that flex spot and could be a weak winner. So um, I'm all about Geo here. Yeah.
4: And Brian, just for the deepest owners, Who would Who do you want, Samaje, Samaje P. Ryan or Travion Williams?
5: (laughs) (laughs) I think that is a debate.
4: I think those two against each other is a debate. Yeah. So no, we're passing on both of them because you have to entertain that Samaje P. Ryan might be ahead of Travion Williams on the depth chart. So yeah, (laughs)
5: Yeah.
4: yeah, let's move along. The focus of this team in Cincinnati should definitely be the wide receivers for fantasy, anyways. We've given some love uh, here and there. We've hinted at our love for Tyler Boyd. He leaves this leads this t- team in receiving. He's the, the one we can kind of count on. He has the very safe fantasy floor. He's the wide receiver 23 in ECR. Uh, does that sound pretty fair to everybody? He's a back-end wide receiver two in PPR. I think that's
2: fair. Like, do you,
4: yeah? Do you guys want Tyler Boyd or Jamison Crowder, Jim?
3: Boy. Uh rest of the season, Tyler Boyd.
4: Nice. This Nobody's week, ever.
3: I think uh, Crowder's out this week. Yeah, I think so too.
4: Really? And water is wet. That's too bad. (laughs) So let's go go to the new hotness because Tyler Boyd's just such a locked-in wide receiver too. Let's go to the new hotness, T. Higgins, who has led the wide receivers in snaps in back-to-back weeks. He's coming off his first game over 100 yards receiving in his career, so he is heating up. And it's awesome to see it working like the connection is there so early on for T. Higgins. Uh, Tell me a bit about how you think of this wide receiver room, though, Travis, like rank these three guys for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be it's going to be Tyler Boyd, T Higgins, and then AJ Green, um, and I think T is creeping up on uh, on Tyler Boyd with that just because of the deep targets that he's getting. Um, AJ Green actually still has more deep targets, but T's just doing a lot more with it, um, and I think he's going to start getting some more of those red zone looks as well. So um, if you know, my heart says T, my brain says Boyd. Rest the season, um,
4: yeah. So that's where I'm sitting. Nice. So I think a lot of people are right in that. I think a lot of people have that too. I think all three of these guys are closer than anyone wants to admit to one another. And I think they can all have a lot of viability for fantasy. I think Higgins and AJ Green, like I think all three of these guys can borderline be top 24 wide receivers, man, like Tyler Boyd by volume and stability. But I, I' like really quick, the touchdowns are coming here in Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd is second in the NFL in both targets and catches out of the slot. 22 players have more touchdowns from the slot. AJ Green is still yet to score this year. He has the most targets in the NFL without a touchdown. 45 targets, zero touchdowns. He scored on average every 17th target in his career. What's really crazy is Calvin Ridley and Adam Thielen are the only players in the NFL that have more end zone targets than A.J. Green, except A.J. Green's just zero for six on end zone looks. And right now, like this really blows my mind. 13 wideouts have double digit deep ball targets. 10 players, uh, sorry, 13 players have 10 or more targets 20 plus yards downfield. All of them have multiple deep ball receptions except A.J. Green and T. Higgins, who have one combined. And it's because just two of those 21 combined deep ball targets were deemed to be catchable by PFF. So I think the connection will form. I have Faith in Burroughs deep ball. I think that was a big draw of his prospect profile coming out of college. And I just worry, obviously, about the schemes, the blocking, the offensive line, the pressure. So basically all the coaching. Uh, none of that is helping with the deep ball. I think if Burrow does start throwing more short, quick, accurate passes, that will definitely benefit Tyler Boyd. Uh, but but am I kind of getting off track here? Like you guys, really, does anybody think AJ Green is a wide receiver three, or is he really just outside of that range for all you guys? Could be.
1: <laughs> he's getting <laughs> enough. What he's bordering on it.
4: Yeah. See, I just think he's a guy you could go out and trade for very little right now. Mm-hmm. And the upside is there, even though yeah, I, I, I've i kind of been off A.J. Green in the last few years. Uh, speaking of off, do you guys think with everything I'm talking about, with all these wide receivers being on the field all the bloody time, what about the young tight end in this offense? Are we devaluing the position in Zach Taylor's offense? Like, any interest in Drew Sample here?
3: Hmm. No, not me. I, don't think, I think that's... Uh... Tyler Boyd season and then after that T Higgins, but for at least the passing. Tyler Boyd's an animal. What's his completion percentage like? High seventies, probably. And like, it's probably it's actually, higher. it's actually higher than that. Like if you
1: look at his catchable targets uh, by uh, SIS. They have him down at uh, 95% cash rate. And that is only so easy. One amazing. drop, one drop and that so was perfect. right on perfect. the goal line, too. And he threw his hand yeah. up. Like, how did I miss that? I think that was like week two or three or something yeah. like that. I remember that. It crushed
2: me. Yeah. <laughs> me <too. laughs> I got a lot of boy.
4: Okay, guys. So. That is a perfect segue talking about catch rate. Let's go down to the dirty South Trav. Maybe I'll throw to you right away in dirty laundry studio. Carolina (laughs) is at new Orleans. Is it confirmed that Michael Thomas is out?
0: Yes, it is. Michael Thomas will be ruled out as well as Emmanuel Sanders has gone to the IR with COVID. Um, So they are a little bit short on pass catching weapons, needless to say in Nolens.
4: So Emmanuel Sanders is out too.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. He's good.
0: Traquan, maybe.
5: Yeah, he was Gianco scoring. Season, though, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. So Emmanuel Sanders has led, you know, all pass catchers without MT, just under 15 points per game uh, in PPR without Michael Thomas. So that's that's too bad. I definitely, yeah, Traquan gets a huge boost. Jared could cook this week. Uh, given the matchup, I think Brian nailed it there. Like, it's going to be a shitload of Alvin Kamara probably. Like, Kamara leads the Saints in rushing and receiving. Uh, He scored twice as many fantasy points since Michael Thomas went down compared to any other Saints skill player. Uh, But let's talk about the Panthers really quick here first, guys, because I think that's interesting that Michael Thomas is out. They are seven-point road dogs here. Are we jumping on Carolina, or does Vegas know something we don't?
2: Yeah, I'll I'll jump in here, guys, because i got to actually jump off here, but I just want to put my input on this one. I actually like Carolina a lot in this game. Uh, you know we've we've seen uh, we've seen the Saints struggle without Michael Thomas. We've heard all of the news reports about how Drew Brees has only won one game without Michael Thomas in the lineup, I believe last week. And um, you know I, I think that Carolina can definitely definitely cover that spread, but I think they could actually win this game and in their division. They're three and three. The Saints are I believe two and four. And um, you know I you know the Saints are, are favored, but I don't actually know if it if it fits that way.
4: Yeah, and like like Carolina has been very competitive this year under new rule. But yeah, they they're three and three against the spread this year, so I think it's tough because yeah, that's a that's a really big spread. I just wasn't expecting to see a full touchdown, yeah. and I just checked it before we hopped on. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and if Michael Thomas is out, that that's interesting. And, uh, and Emmanuel still. Sanders, yeah, and Emmanuel Sanders, yeah. So if mm-hmm. we're talking about injuries, I mean, and, and I think even the fifty-one point over/under talks about it, kind of lends towards. Joe Brady, Matt Rule, this new offensive regime in Carolina going against like Joe Brady actually was, you know, he was mentored by or whatever by uh, Sean Payton in New Orleans. So maybe we'll see some offensive muscles flexed in this game when it comes to play designs and scheming and stuff. But uh, if we get into the Panthers, we'll we'll
2: see some crazy uh, trick plays on special teams in this one. I'm telling you now. Oh, my God. Yeah, we'll, we'll no see what we'll, we'll see. An interesting trick line. play, I, I think
4: yeah. that happens here. Yeah, just no fullback dives at the goal line. That's all. <laughs> like all <of> <laughs> I don't think there'll be any tomfoolery around the goal line for Carolina because if we keep it in the context of injuries, Curtis Samuel is kind of dealing with that knee injury. Reggie Bonifan is gone, uh, and both uh, so. Basically, I'm giving a big boost to Mike Davis in this because Mike Davis is in kind of a smash spot. Jim, do you like Mike Davis as much as I do, or uh, are are you kind of on the train where where you're selling him before Christian McCaffrey comes back? You're not riding the wave.
3: Oh man, well I do. <laughs> I like whatever back's going to end up seeing the production in this offense. It seems to be. It seems to be like uh, years have passed when it was Pittsburgh and next man up just seem to end up producing or even uh the rams a couple years back where anybody like you know the, the guy goes down next guy up it's i mean it's 80 percent of the production that, that that you're getting from your stud but like i'll take it there you go I'll definitely take it uh I, I do like mike davis though i think i think he's very talented and he has produced forever again has been in a limited sample Mm-hmm.
4: Even back with, yeah, with the 49ers and stuff. Brian, do you think he's a top-12 wide receiver this week? Against It's a pretty tough matchup against the Saints. I mean, the Saints have only allowed, uh, I think, 25 catches or something. And that's how we expect Mike Davis to make a lot of his fantasy hay. So what do you think he's a top-10, top-12 running back?
1: Uh, you know, it It, it all depends on, on the targets, you know. If he sees 10 targets, like, two games ago, then, yeah. Um... I don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? He, he is seeing the touches, you know, he's looking at like 16, 17 carries a game and targets. It, it, it should be a spot where he should be able to produce. And especially if, if uh, new Orleans isn't putting up a ton of points, you know, Carolina might run it a little bit more. Yeah. agree.
4: I, I think like, among all running backs it's only the week seven opponent for mike davis alvin kamara who has more catches or receiving yards than than mike davis so yeah the seven point underdog element could definitely come into play for that for that uh that to come into play as well the targets uh i want to ask a really important question here this is the hardest question of the night guys and i'm gonna go around the horn jules i'll start with you uh who do you want dj Moore, or robbie anderson rest of the season
2: <laughs> well i talked about having both these you guys can't have
4: them both that's and, why i'm starting with you and it's it's been tough but
2: you know uh i'm still i'm still sticking with my boy dj moore um last season he he started slow as well um you know i think new quarterback new head coach this offense is still you know finding their feet we've seen it we've seen them come to life in the past um you know past few weeks and robbie anderson's great but i think that you know dj moore gets gets more involved and more integrated in this offense and yeah, that's, that's the way I live. Yeah, Give me I think
5: Robbie. I-, <laughs> <laughs> I just
0: think the targets are going to be fantastic. He's making something of them. Teddy B clearly loves him. Matt Rule obviously loves him. Uh, we're not talking Dynasty here because it's different in Dynasty. But rest of the season, let me take the shot on Robbie. Especially if I'm trying to acquire, right? If I'm trying to go yeah, acquire, especially them, where like, you get them. Right? DJ Moore is still going to be pretty pricey, um, where people might still think that it's a bit of a mirage what Robbie's been doing so far. But Robbie has fooled me before, let me tell you.
5: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. That's that Adam Gase effect.
0: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ryan, what do you think?
1: <laughs> oh, me? <What>? <laughs> <like, what? laughs> no, I, I, I think I, I have to agree with Trav. You know, uh, I, I like DJ more. You know, coming into the season, I had a lot of them in my my leagues, unfortunately. Uh, but Robbie's He's coming, just, back, He's coming back, Ryan. Coming back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I've heard that before. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. Robbie's Robbie's catching more of the targets. I mean. He uh, DJ Moore has been overthrown a few times, uh, but I just I, I'm going to stick with the production that that we're seeing on the field right now with with Robbie, and it pains me to say that.
3: What do you think, Jim? <laughs> Taking Robbie as uh, Brian just alluded to, there he's catching, he's catching it's passes, good. and uh, that's that is what matters. He's got a sick completion percentage. The fact of the matter is Teddy is looking to rely on him, and he does have a connection with Matt Rule. So uh, for all those reasons, give me Robbie Anderson rest of the season.
4: Yeah, I think uh, Jules, you're in uh, Tennessee Titans land here, buddy. Because I think I'm between <laughs> you guys. You're well. all gonna regret that. <laughs> I know. Like you got a lot. You got a lot to hold over our heads here. This is crazy. Totally. I think what sucks though, like I, I don't. I think it is really close between the two, or you know, depending on your taste or whatever. But what sucks is I think it kind of caps both as wide receiver twos. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, and I think that's kind of the the message we have to send. If it wasn't Teddy Bridgewater, it could be different for sure, but. It is. Uh, Robbie Anderson, by the way, has double-digit PPR points in every game this season. He's just going to absolutely obliterate his career highs across the board. And he might be the biggest positive touchdown regression candidate in the NFL right now. No he has scored since week one and hasn't scored in over 450 yards receiving. So He's
0: pulling a DJ Moore. <laughs> mm-hmm. So,
4: Trav, you're a big <laughs> yeah. fan. Do you want DJ Moore or either wide receiver this week so dj moore is going against the saints or do you want either la rams wide receiver going against chicago on monday night football Hey, boys, sorry, Trav, I don't mean to cut you off here, yep. but oh, I actually good, had brother. a few here, so I just wanted to
2: say bye. Thanks for, care, thanks for tonight, boys. It's yeah, been fun. everybody,
0: check out the Point After Fantasy Football podcast with Julian. Uh, follow him at the Point After FF. And, uh, Renee, if you can hear us, thanks for letting us have your man for, for a bit of the evening. Have a good dinner, guys. She waved at you,
5: Trav. <laughs> Take care. <See> you <laughs>
0: So, Ty, Thanks, on your question there, on your question, DJ Moore or either of the Rams receivers, um, I think if Will's still watching here, he knows where I sit on Cooper Cup as far as <laughs> Dynasty asset. Um, but he would also be happy to know that I am going to take DJ Moore this week uh, just because I think the Panthers' offense is humming and DJ Moore has had a little bit of a bounce back the last couple weeks. So I'll take that because I think the Chicago defense is a really, really tough one to play against, and I could see that being a little bit of a low-scoring, low slobber knocker on Monday night.
4: Totally. Hey Brian, you've given some love to Tyler Boyd tonight. What do you think about DJ Moore this week against uh whoever they're playing? Uh I lost my turn New Orleans, train of <laughs> New <Thank> Orleans? <laughs> or Tyler Boyd uh, or Cleveland. do you want yeah, or do you want Tyler Boyd to get at Cleveland?
1: Uh I'm gonna take Tyler Boyd. Uh, he's just I, I I feel he's the safer play and it has just as much upside as DJ Moore. In, in their matchups, there's going to be a lot of volume in that Cincinnati game, and uh, I know Boyd's going to be getting the looks.
4: Totally, I, I think that uh, I thought you might answer that way, and I think I think both can be viable this week. Like uh, I think all 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 season, these Carolina wide receivers are going to be interesting because it is a pretty condensed passing game. I mean, it's over half the targets, over eighty percent of the area yards going to Robbie and DJ Moore. Um, and to Jules' point, who is no longer with us here but I still love DJ Moore. I mean, he's being used a bit differently. The average depth of the target, the air yards market share is pretty wild. And it just means a lot of his catches are going to go for first downs and his, his catch rate and you know, where he stands in fantasy, you know, to Julian's point at wide receiver 22 in PPR right now, those things can only go up and he does have over 90 yards receiving in half his games this year. So I think, you know, I think DJ Moore is, is a pretty safe option going forward. I don't think he can, he can get much worse um does anybody have any interest in ian thomas uh in 2020 yeah. no no he's dead
0: he's hard. hey ty do you mind if i cut in here off of that dj more talk i think that leads us right into a really nice monkey knife fight prop that i think we might want to get in, in on there um so if you're cool with that i'll just say a quick word for for our youtube title sponsor monkey knife fight mm-hmm. if you want the best dfs player prop games in the industry Jump onto Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is sweeping the nation right now, and we at True North are proud to be doing it along with them. They've got games for all sports and skill levels that are sure to keep you on the edge of your seat with endless opportunity to watch your winnings pile up. With our promo code TNFF, Monkey Knife Fight will match your first deposit up to $50. So sign up now with our promo code, and you can get up to $50 of free money to start making some bank. Again, that's monkeyknifefight.com, and the promo code is TNFF at your first deposit to start playing today. All right, so we are back, and we want to give a big thanks to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Um, They are the fastest-growing DFS uh, prop game company in the industry right now, and we couldn't be more proud to be linked up with them. Um, I'm going to drag this out as long as I can, because the boys have been sitting here for two hours and we're going to let them stretch the old legs a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to share that monkey knife fight screen and uh, we're going to get into it, guys, because this DJ Moore talk, I wanted to capitalize on this game because these two offenses do look like kind of funnels. Um, obviously, with the injuries in New Orleans, we only have a few pass-catching options that we deem viable in New Orleans. And then in, uh, in Carolina, and any of our U.S. fans watching, that is 100% legal up here. Um, so it ain't no thing. It's just a way of life for us up here. <laughs> so getting into, uh, getting into Monkey Knife Fight here, um, as you can see the screen, Ty is coming back right now. And oh, would you look at that? I'm just going to click that there to refresh. Um, We got DJ Moore and Traquan Smith are the lines for this one. So DJ Moore's line for receiving yards is 66 and a half and Traquan Smith's line for receptions is three and a half, which seems like a pretty solid one to hit. Um, We'll start with DJ Moore though, since we're just coming off that conversation and we'll start at the bottom of the video screen list here. Jimmy, what are you thinking as somebody who I know for a fact has made a whole bunch of cheddar off a monkey knife fight? What do you think uh what do you think about DJ Moore's line of 66 and a half receiving yards what are you saying Jimmy I don't have your... oh you're oh. I got you I got you
4: would you mute him
0: no, he muted himself. There you go, uh, bud. I
3: muted myself. <laughs> 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 it's
0: okay. It's we're, not not live all, uh, or we're not live or anything. <laughs> Kidding. Go ahead, buddy.
3: Hey man, you know, <laughs> it's
0: all it's good. It it's is. midnight where you uh, are. It's midnight where you are. Like,
3: as <laughs> you alluded to, uh, that, that is a funnel. That is a funnel offense. It's a really tricky line, I think. With DJ Moore, it kind of feels trappy. Um. But you gotta give me the more. You gotta give me the more. Like the name. More on more. <laughs> yeah, more on more. How about yeah. you, Shy? Mo
4: on mo. Yeah, I think uh, we're just doing DJ More here to start.
0: We're just starting off with DJ Moore, and then we'll go around the old Harn for Patrick uh, yeah. One Smith.
4: I just mentioned he has ninety yards receiving in half his games. I'll take the over. I'll take the chance that uh, that he does have one of his good games that. You know those air yards and stuff. I think the catch rate's going to correct a little bit. I think he has some safety and some upside. Give me it. Mo mo,
0: mo 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 <laughs> mo. DJ mo money. <laughs> Brian, what do you think, buddy? <laughs>
1: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: stick with
1: the theme here and go more as well. You know, like like you guys have been saying, he's on his good games. He's hitting the more on that, and also you know, PFF has have him, uh, matched up against Marshawn Lattimore. And, and he's not as good as he has been in the past and looks like he should be able to make some work on him, And, uh, I, I think he'll hit the more on that easy.
0: I like it. I like it. I'm going to go with you on that. Um, yeah. Ty alluded to it 11th in the league in air yards overall. Um, so that's a recipe for him hitting this line almost on a weekly basis. Um, so I like that, guys. We're gonna we're gonna be lock getting it in, lock it up. Um, so then we move over to Traquan Brian. We're gonna come back to you and go down the list this time. Three and a half receptions. We got no Emmanuel Sanders, no Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Jared Cook. Look like the, look like the guys above him on the totem pole. Um, but Traquan could have a week this week.
1: No, I I think you laid it out there quite easy when when you said who's out. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I I think. I think he he'll be able to uh, hit the more on that easy if if he's obviously this this offense is going to run through Alvin Kamara you know Cook over the center of the field but I think Traquan will will get his share absolutely
0: Ty what about you man
4: yeah I mean Jim said that DJ Moore line looked like a little bit of a trap this one feels like a little bit of a trap to me uh, because Traquan had five catches in week two. He had four catches in both week three and four. So he's accomplished this a few times with just Michael Thomas out now with Emmanuel Sanders out as well Uh, in a matchup that I have no fear whatsoever. uh, When it comes to the wide receiver position, I'll definitely smash the over. Yeah.
0: Giddy up, Jimmy.
4: Um,
3: I want to be the lone man out on that. I would, Mm -hmm. I would, I would, Going uh, I think it's going to be lights come out on action with like 14-15 uh, targets going his way probably catching about 10-12 to 12. Uh, I think Laddie Murray's even going to get involved but the guy, I'm still trying to look to see that he's 100% uh, I think it's going to be Marquez Calloway
0: Marquez Calloway um, should be a go yeah
3: I think it's going to be Marquez Calloway while everyone's chasing Traquan Smith for this so give me the last well that's too bad because majority rules and i think it's going to be more (laughs) (laughs)
5: all
0: right guys so i think that's pretty solid jim i see what you're saying there and ty i definitely see what you're saying about the trap um just because this often happens like i don't know if there's like a formula or anything um but when we get guys that look like they're supposed to be stepping into a fantastic role sometimes they let us down cough cough alexander madison um i'm gonna (laughs) i like this one guys i'm gonna toss a 20 spot on this one and if we win we get 70 bones off of it so uh i would appreciate that i got three kids that i got to feed here so uh help you guys sharing that right yeah (laughs) Yeah, totally brian's got a kid too so we'll divvy it up we'll divvy it up um so yeah i'm gonna submit that bad boy and we are off to the races fellas um thanks for letting me cut in there ty i always want to say a good word for our friends monkey knife fight and again anybody who's listening who wants to go on there and play get in there and make some cash like we are you go to monkeyknifefight.com, and on your first deposit if you put in the promo code TNFF, they will match that deposit up to $50. So uh, Jimmy and I are both rocking the steeds there. One thing I want to show here, um, we got the uh, Furious George bobblehead. Um, so anybody who Ooh. wants to get some of the sick merch can go check out uh, uh, monkeyknifefight.com slash store, I believe is what it is. So uh, thanks to our friends at Monkey Knife Fight. We really appreciate working with them. And, uh, yeah, it's good stuff.
4: Thank you.
0: All right, Ty, which game are we on here, brother?
4: So we're hitting Jimbo's Kansas City Chiefs. They're at Denver. So what jumps out when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs-Denver game is that small over-under. It's 44. That is the total. Uh, It opened at, like, 46. But there is a reason, and we alluded to it earlier, that it could be a snow game. Uh, There probably is some snowy snow on the ground in this game. So cool story. Uh, There is lots of storylines, actually, beyond all that, too. Like, Le'Veon Bell makes his debut in this game, boys. Uh, A road snow game would have been just a smash spot for him half a decade ago. Uh, So let's just get into it. I mean, both these teams are, they're actually eight and one or eight and three, sorry, combined against the spread. So when you look at the spread, how Denver is getting seven and a half points against Kansas City, such a low over under, you have to think Vegas really is expecting a low scoring game from the Denver Broncos. Uh, Jim, you know, the Chiefs, should we be worried at all about Mahomes in the snow?
3: No, you shouldn't. <laughs> um, plain and simple. He alluded to reporters. He actually hoped it is a snow game. He's looking forward to it. Um, and he owns. He owns the FC West. It was a little hiccup with with the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very surprised that the uh, that the that that, it's, that the lines actually drop and that they have no faith in. No faith, I guess, in the Broncos putting up points, but I still have faith in the Chiefs putting up a good, like, 35 on them, hanging for sure. So I would expect at least 14 points coming from the Broncos. No.
4: I know. It It seems like they're really expecting the Broncos to, to fall on their face or something. And I, I think because I think you're right. I think he's melting the snow for sure. I mean, he's over 25 points per game this season. He's over 20 points in every single game. So and you know what I think is cool is Pat Mahomes is averaging six carries per game over the last five weeks. Like this guy is starting to to use his legs for some reason. And on that note, I want to talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and that's all I've ever wanted to talk about since they <laughs> drafted him, really. I know, I'm sure I've tired everyone. Uh, but anyways, are, are we nah, starting? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he's a top-12 running back right now, averaging about 16 points per game in PPR, like, scoring pretty well. Uh, two running backs right now in the NFL of 500 yards rushing, Derrick Henry and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, so with Le'Veon Bell playing in this game, Is Clyde Edwards still a running back one or is he running back two? What do you think, Trav?
0: Yeah, I think he's probably like a friend. Well, for the first week, I think he's probably still a running back one. I don't think they're going to give Lev a big piece of the pie first go. Um, I think maybe, um, you know, maybe Lev gets, you know, six to ten carries with – Clyde getting 12 to 14 12 to 15 and a couple of targets in the snow game so I think uh, I would say Clyde is probably still a running back one for this week but more of a back end and then uh, going forward with Lev getting potentially more work I think he's probably one of those kind of fringe guys maybe top top 15 or so for Clyde Um, but I think he's still an every week start for sure
4: What do you think Jimbo? um no i
3: think ceh uh you don't worry about them the fact of the matter is uh the chiefs are a smart organization they saw an opportunity to get a top call a top caliber running back for very cheap on the jets dime you saw it last year they brought in uh LeSean mccoy sat in the super bowl right like they clean like, and simple levy on is, is a better piece than, than daryl williams sorry jules for uh your 32 teamer but <laughs> that's
4: what you get uh, for
0: going in a 32 team league. <laughs> that's too funny. But
4: um, that's a great like, ad in a 32 team league. Totally. To great. Here's the deal:
3: it makes him better, and they and uh, the hashtag run it back. He's a better RB 2 He came there. He actually called uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I don't know if you guys know this. Before he actually signed, he called. He called and contacted Clyde Edwards Hilaire to make sure that he was okay with with him coming in to sign and told him that he wasn't coming in there to be the RB one he said it was all going to be, uh, Edward to He wasn't there. He was just there to spell him, mentor the kid as in his rookie year. He's already making bank. It doesn't really matter. So like the bell was looking for that super bowl. I don't think you have to worry about CEH and even Andy Reid said it, man. He's not there, he's not there to take a lot of touches away. I think that I think the market share and target share is gonna be exactly the way it was. The guy who hurts is Daryl Williams. And and to a lesser effect, Darwin Thompson possibly not being active on on game days anymore.
4: Yeah, and so in week seven, do you think they ease him into the offense a little bit? Or do you think they just kinda because of the snow, maybe they try and pound the rock in this game and let some touches?
3: Lev's a smart guy Um, Plain and simple The only thing that's probably different Between anywhere like Pittsburgh Or the Jets Is just the language uh, in Kansas City right? It's probably just a little bit different And I'm sure they're going to scheme up a few plays for Lev Uh, Do I think they Rush him into there? No But does he see uh, Maybe six touches In week one? Sure He might be out there more as a decoy be honest than, than than anything else.
4: Then throw him in the slot, baby. I, th- I I don't think it's crazy to fire him up as like a top forty running back if you have to. Le'Veon Bell because of the snow, like because of the weather. But you know, it's not the greatest process just because of how stingy. It's more because of how stingy Denver has actually been against the running back position, uh including you know in the passing game, which is where I think Le'Veon Bell will really contribute to this Chiefs team. Uh, What we want to see, I think we can all agree, is who gets the carries at the goal line, though, right? Or the flip pass, I should say. I don't want to see any more (laughs) bloody trick plays and stuff at the goal line. But (laughs) I'll be really interested or devastated and or devastated if uh, Le'Veon Bell comes in and starts getting touches at the goal line right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um,
3: If we... Go for it. Sorry, I could just, like... The thing that I was even saying with Connor on a couple shows ago was, like, Outside, outside of uh, Hill and Kelsey, man, like it is frustrating. It could be anybody's week at any given time, um, but and it's crazy. Like you drop like two passes from Pat Mahomes, and he's just on to the next guy. Like it was, there was a week it could have been a Denard Robinson week. I think he dropped two passes, and he went right on over to the McCole Hardman, and just started like throwing balls to him. Like it's it's like, fucking it,
4: So Jim. Jen- Before I have a cry about Mikkel Hardman, uh, Sammy Watkins is ruled out of this game, right? So no Sammy, and I want to talk about something really quick because I think he nailed it. Like, not only that, but they're they're so well built in this offense that they can go away from Tyreek if a team decides to just sell out in their defensive game plan. Uh, Tyreek has zero games with 100 yards receiving this year, and last week was his first, you know, really down game of the season, and it was also his first game he didn't score a touchdown all season. Uh, So do you think he's a safe top 12 option in this game that that has such a low over-under and all that?
3: Yeah, man. Uh, You alluded to he's – I know touchdowns aren't very sticky, but he is scoring nearly every week. He is on an offense that can explode at any given moment, at any given drive, and he's tied to, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league right now, at least for fantasy purposes, like – I don't see how how you're not rolling them steadily in your top 12. I actually got a little upset when people were ranking, like, rest of the season guys like DK Metcalf over them.
5: (laughs) Just get over it. (laughs) Just get over
4: it. AJ Brown's great. (laughs) <laughs> um, AC, uh, ECR expert consensus ranking Totally agrees with you Jimbo He's the wide receiver 5 this week uh, Even if Kent City scales back the deep ball And you know pass attempts overall I think you know or really, I just think of that. he'll see an uptick in volume Because Sammy's out right um, So guys my goodness I chased the wide receiver 2 in Kent City Which is like the 3rd 4th or 5th option In the passing game depending on How you look at it um, Should I cut that out And should I cut Micole Hardman what do you yeah. think, Trav? Yeah? What do you
0: think, bro? Yeah, probably. Probably. It sucks. He was supposed to break out. Sammy Watkins is hurt, so he's even more supposed to break out. So I don't know. I don't know if I'd be cutting him yet, actually, now that Sammy's Sammy's kind of hurt there and banged up. And hopefully he can get somewhere. The snow game kind of is shitty for him because it's a good opportunity if there's good weather for him to make a case to get that number two role. But I mean, Demarcus Robinson was getting some catches last week as well. So it's a it's definitely a crapshoot. So if you need that roster spot, sure, drop Michael Hardman in your redraft leagues. But uh, if you can spare that roster spot, I would still hang on. Um, for maybe maybe another week or two, but it's getting harder and harder to hold on to that,
4: so Brian, say you had a bipocalypse and you had to start one of these guys. Does anybody jump out at you between uh, DeMarcus Robinson, Mikkel Hardman, and Byron Pringle, who actually played almost as many snaps as Hardman last week?
1: I'd probably play Robinson. It, he was playing on the side that uh, Sammy was out on, and Mercole was in, he played in the almost more. Yeah, so I, I, I I've, with the guy that's seeing that many more snaps, I, I'm just going to take the chance that he catches a long ball or whatever and does something with it.
4: Okay, so we're all starting Travis Kelsey's the tight end one no matter what. I, that's kind of my motto. Uh, so thinking, thinking kind of, di- you know, going into this Broncos group, we've kind of had to adjust all season, calibrate differently since Cortland Sutton went down. Like, it's just been so up and down. Uh, Drew Locke was out buddy's back kind of uh he had an awful return to action uh his 10 completed passes were good enough to beat the patriots though weren't they so
5: he could definitely
4: be in trouble though in cold weather uh having to throw the ball against the chiefs like denver won't be able to shelter them in this game so i i I don't know are we even looking at drew lock in a super flex league jimbo who owns all the quarterbacks
3: oh man uh, I'm biased, so I'm saying no because uh, that Chiefs defense has actually been pretty good this year, to be honest, and like I said, they own the FC West even, even more so than than any other um, division that they go up against, so I expect them to get to Drew Locke a lot. I expect them to uh, rattle them, and if it is snowing, I expect them to have a little bit of trouble trouble uh, holding on to that ball with a uh, Termed coin, termed dick beaters. Hashtag <laughs> uh, <laughs> dick. dick beaters. <laughs> Which, ironically, I heard somebody else use that <laughs> use that term at work the other day. Uh, some guy just running down the street just yelled at <laughs> us. <just yelled laughs> <at him>. It's
5: <laughs> finally catching on. Dick beaters.
4: So like Denver you you mentioned it man like they have a good defense in Kansas City all of a sudden Denver also is so bad against uh, Kansas City in recent games like they scored a grand total of nine points in their two games against Kansas City last year nine points in those two games combined Uh, so Brian do you think they're gonna just try and run the ball in this game and is that a recipe to get blown out by the Chiefs for the Broncos
1: yes (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> <laughs> so would, would
4: you say melvin gordon's the top 24 running back then this week even with philip no and then i yeah
1: i i don't even know what the splits are going to be there between gordon and philip Lindsay. are they going to use them 50 50 or you know is gordon gonna they're not taking any discipline on him, you know is he gonna have less snaps though mm-hmm. i'm just i'm staying away from the whole situation Yeah, I... I, I, Everything
4: Denver. Is anybody, like, really gung-ho that Melvin Gordon should be a top 24 option this week? Like, ECR says he's running back 27, so the argument... That's right on the
0: cusp, I I was just going to say. Right on the cusp, just because they were giving him some volume. If... If it's going to be a big snow game, I could see both Lindsey and Melvin Gordon both getting enough volume. Chiefs are kind of middle of the pack as far as rushing allowed to uh, running backs, so I could see those guys both getting enough work to be um, like feasible for fantasy rosters, but definitely not some somebody I'm confident in if I have to get him in that running back two slot, which I think a lot of managers are going to be in that situation.
4: So if you are in that situation, if you have to get one of these guys into your lineup. And they are at this back end of this running back two range, Trav. Do you want Lindsay or do you want Melvin Gordon in this matchup against Kent City?
0: I think I want Melvin Gordon. I think the team, I think, Brian, you mentioned that they haven't disciplined him. That means that they want to use him. They want to get him in there and have him be a part of their game plan. Obviously, Lindsey is going to get some. Um, but, I mean, they brought Melvin Gordon in and they were giving him quite a bit of work before he went down with the injury. So I think um, it's probably Melvin Gordon for me.
4: Yeah, and I I think the pass catching, like Melvin Gordon might be better suited to catch passes, unfortunately. Philip Lindsay. I think it it comes down to what Brian kind of, like, hinted at, though. Do they – like, they aren't disciplining Melvin Gordon, but do they via snaps and workload, you know what I mean? So if Lindsay comes in and has success early in the game and they have that Uh, erroneous game plan of running the ball against the Chiefs like it then that's the way I could see it being different but I actually don't don't think any of them are like top 20 options So I think we could all agree on that and we can move on to the wide receivers here who speaking of which probably no top 20 options here either um (laughs) we've been sort of let down by Jerry Judy after an encouraging start to the season, right? And Tim Patrick has been kind of the bright spot in this offense in recent weeks, aside from Philip Lindsay, but no Broncos is top 36 in PPR on the season. Uh, So just like the running backs, you can only choose one for your flex spot in week seven, Jim, do you want Jerry Judy or Tim Patrick?
3: Tim Patrick. Uh, That pains me to say that, man, but (laughs) the last couple of weeks, uh I guess I'm just gonna be chasing the volume and chasing the production
4: I can wing it in a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> well, ECR pretty much agrees, like e- Judy's the wide receiver forty one. Tim Patrick directly ahead of him, wide receiver forty. And Timmy P is outscoring Jerry J in fantasy. So and I, also, I
5: really oh,
0: sorry. also Tim Patrick had ninety two percent of the snaps last week, where Jerry Judy had seventy six, I believe. So mm-hmm. uh Timmy Tim A is the wide receiver one.
4: Uh, so the name all throughout. out then at this point is anybody picking up KJ Hamler off waivers in anticipatory fashion, because he will be back in the lineup this week. He was battling mm-hmm. a hamstring injury.
3: The battling a Hamler. Season, yeah, man. I'm not rolling him out this week, but I'm definitely picking him up. Um, he's dynamic. Yes. He's, a, he's a good, he definitely, uh, like I said, uh, graded well coming in. He has a wide open opportunity in front of him as soon as he comes back. But do I expect him to produce this, this week? No. But rest of the season, absolutely. He's a guy that can definitely make a push for you when you uh, hit the playoffs and, and, and you're rolling. I think that Tana might be roster be roster league.
0: dependent too. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. We, I think we were on the same point there.
1: I think it has to be a deep league if you're going to go towards like going that far down the target options for Denver's passing attack, man
0: yeah for sure
1: yeah i think we all
4: like yeah we all love kj hamler i think what happens is it just kind of hurts tim patrick like they and one of those two will operate but yeah i think jim's right like if we see that one game we can't not expect more of those games right we saw kj hamler play over 90 percent of the snaps in a game earlier this season which shocked us all and i think like you know i kind of just flip a coin between jerry judy and tim patrick too because you know, they operate so differently. And I think Jerry Judy's just locked into not being replaced by a KJ Hamler or something. So it's kind of a toss up between them even for me. Uh, but this week got yeah, Tim Patrick, let's go. And we're spending way too much time on this, these trios anyway, because Drew Locke, right? Like you mentioned it, we can't, we shouldn't even be going down that deep. So my apologies, Noah Fant though. I wanted to mention him because He's a locked-in top-ten tight end rest of the season when he's healthy. Uh, but I think him and Janu, we talked about him earlier. Both of them have very tough matchups. Uh, I'll go to you, Trap. Do you drop somebody like an MVS? I kind of talked about this earlier, a handcuff running back. Will you drop one of them to start an Eric Ebron or a Jared Cook? Or do you just, you know, slot your Noah Fanton?
0: That's a really, really tough call. Like Jared Cook would be an intriguing one this week who I might pick up just based on all of the, uh, the injury in New Orleans. But I think if you're, you know, if you've got Noah Fant, you're probably playing Noah Fant. Um, he's just as good as an option as any in Denver's passing game. And I think he provides something that not all of the other guys can provide in that passing game for Drew Locke, especially in a snow game. So I would probably be firing up Noah Fant, um, yeah, MVS wasn't necessarily the best, uh, <laughs> the best guy to throw out there because I'm dropping him <laughs> for whatever. But yeah. um, you'll totally, see, you like, all see. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so I'm rolling Noah Fant. Let's let's kick it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I kind of agree. ECR, I ask because ECR doesn't agree. They have Ebron and Jared mm-hmm. Cook ahead of Noah Fant this week, but there's a touchdown tight end rabbit hole to go down there that we kind of yeah earlier, so, Ebron
0: yeah. Ebron no Jerry Cook I can see that but Ebron I don't think so for sure
4: yeah, yeah. I, I'm just uh yeah I'm, I'd probably just not have to manipulate my roster to the point I just start the guy who's ranked a couple spots below for sure mm-hmm. um I wanted to ask before we move on or before we shut her down or whatever you guys are thinking uh with the Chiefs is Mitchell Schwartz gonna play in this game do you know Jim you know what I don't know uh that's yeah. something I gotta I gotta that's-
3: the uh the injury, the final the final reports come out I think at eleven my time, so fuck. I don't even know if you guys would
4: be up. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah,
5: that's
4: something I gotta go check out for sure. Yeah uh, I'm so definitely more then. So do you guys wanna do another one more game or do you guys want to shut her down?
0: Oh, I could rip one more.
4: Yeah, that might there.
0: be that might be all I got in me though, my man. Beep, beep,
4: beep, beep, beep. Here well, we go. You guys so... can
0: keep ripping though if you want.
4: Let's go to the game that Sunday Night Football said nah. Let's go to <laughs> San Francisco and the New England Patriots. That is a one o'clock, one twenty-five start time uh, <clears throat> on the uh, Pacific uh, Standard Time there, and that is a four thirty start for the rest of y'all. We we just talked about the point total in that Denver game. Uh, the same rules kind of apply here in this matchup, except the scale doesn't really tilt to one side like it's a really low over under, but split between the two teams. Like it's not Denver just getting hammered in that one, but the total is 45. So expecting like a 25, 20 game. And it actually opened even lower, uh, lower than the chiefs over under. It was the lowest uh, one on the board when I, when I pulled all these games up. So uh, we kind of talked about this with drew Locke, Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you actually, I've posed that question several times. Let's do this. Would you start Brian Tyler Boyd or Jimmy Garoppolo in your super flex?
1: Why are you giving me all the Boyd
0: questions, man?
1: <laughs> because
4: you like Boyd and I love Boyd. I think we're on the same page with Boyd, and I would actually be like entertaining this at this point. Might
0: Boyd might ends. call you guys Boyd friends. I...
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh,
1: oh man, let's see. Uh, I, I I think I'd go with Boyd. I I just I'm not a I've never really been a Jim and G fan. I I think he's a decent game manager and with the low over under on this I don't see much upside to him and yeah I'm going to start Boyd in that situation
4: yeah call call me crazy I'll start him I'll start Antonio Gibson DJ Chark give me him I don't care even though that is like contrary to if you look at like an expert consensus ranking for Superflex I'm sure that is contrary I didn't do that or yeah so (laughs) you'll just take that Jimmy will start any quarterback.
3: You guys are playing guys for the for the ceiling of a of guys that let's be honest could be Jimmy, or Jimmy G's floor and a super flex. Like you guys are fucking nuts. <laughs> I'd be interested. I think they're playing the bench the other day.
4: What are their points per game on this? Was- I bet it would be pretty comparable in a
0: PC. Uh if we I'm looking at Jimmy Garoppolo
5: uh, yeah, was- right now. Was-
3: and- yeah, but I,
4: I, I, I agree with right? Jim here. Like this is yeah, a revenge game.
3: You don't think he's gonna feast, he's feasting.
4: Thank you. We definitely had to mention that it is the Jimmy revenge game for sure. And he was Bills. We could do the conspiracy theory. Bills' favorite quarterback coming back to you know, yeah.
0: (laughs) So you know, there's. there's... uh, Sorry, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, PPR points per game, fifteen point six. The quarterback twenty nine, and Tyler Boyd on a points per game basis is fourteen point
3: six. Here's the thing, though. When Jimmy G is also playing, is he? he hasn't had all his fucking stud lineups going in either, man. Like, Jesus Christ. He's had Kittle banged up a couple days. No Fair fucking point. Evo Samuel's His running backs have been shit. They're like running like a rotating door. The fact of the matter that he's even putting up the 15 points a game right now with a ragtag bunch of rotley crews is unbelievable. <laughs> he, had tw-
0: he had 26 points last week against the rams that's a nice week for him the week sure, before yeah. that in a tough week, matchup the week before that he, he had neg- negative 0.15 the week before okay, that so yeah he's back back from, a- it's a pretty Richard, wide range man. of yeah. outcomes right like i think yeah. tyler boyd is the safer 10 to 10 to 17 points for Tyler Boyd, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, they could run the ball 50 fucking times. Exactly. And Jimmy Garoppolo could the finish touchdown. with five points, right? Yeah. Or the so touchdown the could be a jet sweep.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just
4: think, I just think it is like that Jimmy G puts up a lot of 10 point games and it's not Jimmy G, you know, it's kind of Jimmy G to system. be honest, but it's the system too, right? It's Shanahan's, you know, 21 personnel heavy scheme. Yeah. Green Bay is making Jimmy's a living copying so what they do. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think, I think like most people would agree with you, Jimmy. Like, just take the fifteen points. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally, definitely see that point, Jimmy. And
4: the best point was that, like, you made tons of great points there. But the best one to me was that he hasn't had Debo. He has had a banged up Kittle. You know, all these weapons. Yeah. That, and yeah, I totally agree.
0: Let's get into some of them.
4: Um. Well, what do you guys think about like No Raheem Moster? You mentioned that, and this could also mean maybe they do try and throw even more of these quick, short, accurate passes and let their boys do the work after the catch that are, you know, immaculate at doing exactly that. So no worry, he Tevin Coleman does still exist, but he is still injured. Jeff Wilson is a guy we have to monitor tomorrow morning, I guess. I'm not expecting him to suit up. Is Jarek McKinnon a definitive top 24 running back trap?
0: Giddy up. Yeah, I'm with this week. Yeah, Um, I think so. Yeah, tough matchup against New England. I will definitely give him that. Um, But I just think he's going to get some pass catching. They have used him a little bit in the slot, obviously, with those um, weapons back. They might not use him in the slot as much, Um, but they have shown that they're going to use him maybe a little bit in the passing game, which is kind of contrary to um, the running back room philosophy overall for Shanny with not getting much targets to the running backs. So uh, I think Jarek McKinnon can do it, if not on sheer volume. Um, on a little bit of pass catching added to that,
4: yeah, and I think San Francisco just has that scheme, like with the yards before contact, and then in the past mm-hmm. game, like you said, you get some air yards from running backs and red zone looks. Uh Brian, do you think do you think he's a like a running back too? And do you think do you see him like a like a, a clear tier ahead of somebody like a Chase Edmonds or something?
1: Yeah, I I've, I would see him ahead of Chase Edmonds just because as long as he's not benched again, he's going to get that volume where Chase Edmonds isn't going to get the volume. Both of them will be used in the passing game, but uh, I think uh, he'll just have more looks on a consistent basis in this game. Yeah, Jim, what do you think?
4: RB2 or higher or lower?
3: He's a low-end RB2. I would put him near that bottom of the tier. Uh, Like Brian said, though, he's ahead of Edmonds. just based on the fact that you are hoping he, like you said, doesn't get benched and he has the more volume plain and simple fact is, Edmonds is the RB two in Arizona. Jets not.
4: Yeah. And like, I only ask, cause McKinnon had that one big game, right? But he's kind of struggled since like, and the guy who's picked up the slack is yet another UDFA running back having success under Shanahan. So is anybody flexing to Michael hasty this week?
0: Or is that not being long- too hasty with it?
4: Yeah, it, might be, a matchup. it yeah. might be the wrong matchup to exploit the situation in this backfield. I, I agree. Uh, no one's being too hasty. Yeah, so what do you guys think of the wide receivers? Because in 2019, New England allowed the fewest fantasy points to the wide receiver position and just four touchdowns to the position in 16 games. Uh, this year, they've allowed way more points per game, and wide receivers have scored seven times in five games against them this year. Uh, actually, maybe I'll just ask you guys. Jim, what do you think? Do you think we should uh, – do you think – they're going to turn that around or do you think we should be less scared of starting wide receivers against Stefan Gilmore and the, and the Patriots?
3: Oh man. Uh, this for this match, for sure. I think you shouldn't be scared at all. Um, I like the yards after the catch that seems to be the model build of wide receiver for, for Shanahan. I think that is a, is a good recipe to exploit and have success against the Patriots, and that and that uh, that defense catch them in space. I think they're going to rip them up. But going forward, rest of the season. You know what? Yeah, I think I think you can legitimately start, especially like 2020 is so weird with the injuries, with the COVID, with I like to call it the Astros season. So, but. I think, and I think with, with, with confidence, you're going to have to start some wide receivers going forward against
4: them. Yeah. It kind of trips me out. Cause like they are missing a lot of linebackers. They're missing some serious pieces, safety. Uh, they're missing certain pieces on that defense, but not really any of their corners that were so successful last year. But we've also seen here and there Gilmore just kind of get lit up after coming off a defensive player of the year award. It's just kind of trippy. Um you mentioned Debo, Jim. Do you think Debo's a top thirty-six wide receiver? He he might. Do you think he's going to see a lot of him, or do you think he's going to be in the slot a lot?
3: Top thirty-six. Yeah, I think he's top thirty-six. I think he's uh, high-end wide receiver three.
4: Like Christian probably. Kirk, Christian Kirk or Debo Samuel.
3: Oh, give me Debo, man! Uh, I don't get. Oh man, like I okay, I get it, I get it, but like. Everyone's blowing up about Christian Kirk. Yeah, I had two touchdowns. We only had, like, three three targets, man. Like, you know, give me Debo. (laughs) Give me Debo.
0: If DeAndre Hopkins doesn't play, I would go Kirk there.
4: But if DeAndre Hopkins plays, it's Debo. Yeah. I'm the same.
3: That's fair. That's fair.
4: So, is everybody sitting Brendan Ayuk this week? We're a little upset. But, you know, he could draw Gilmore, and he only has seven catches, 14 targets over the last three weeks. Are we all – Kind yeah. of taking a what are we dropping them yeah. in redraft then? Are we dropping them in start three wide receiver leagues?
0: I'm not there yet. I don't, not think me. So. I, th- yeah. I think it could be a situation where, um, as you know, the guy's a rookie, he's been in the NFL for like six games, he had a decent game. Yeah, he was a first round pick, but well, let's cut him a little bit of slack there. Um, and I think it could morph into it being one week him, one week Debo, one week him, one week Debo. Um, it really, it really could be like that. I'm not ready to drop him just yet.
3: Yeah, you nailed it on the head there with the, I think, with the fluctuation, because like Ayuk and Debo do the same, like they do the they do their business in the same way, right? It's all yards after catch, so it's not like they work in different aspects of the field. Um, so I do see it being like a, a spike week for for either one at, at one point or another.
4: Yeah, but, and you and know that's happy. why. Yeah, and that's why I've always loved Brennan Ayuk is, especially in this situation. And we talked a lot about a draft that these two might be top 36 guys uh, simultaneously this season, but we could actually see Brennan Ayuk kind of be the other guy going forward because I think he offers something else, right? He's the one who can play outside. He has more versatility Mm -hmm. and... You know, I just, you know, there's that connection with Shanahan and Hermett. I just, I, I really love Brendan Iuk. And so, yeah, I definitely, I'm not even dropping him in redraft either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we, we we keep talking about so George Kittle, he's hashtag tight end two no matter what. Anybody want Darren Waller against Tampa Bay over Kelsey or Kittle, who are both in games with infinitesimal uh, point totals? Yeah. Just make so no sure for, I'm getting to that It's a no, for me, uh,
5: so no yeah. for me, dog. It's a no for me, dog. Mm hmm.
4: Um, so getting into New England, we're going to get a lot of Randy Jacksons here, I bet, because they are favored, uh, but I'm not sure how much fantasy goodness is here right now. Cam Newton has been kind of all over the place this year, but mostly he's been running the ball at the goal line and in the red zone. Uh, do you think he's a top 10 quarterback this week, Brian?
1: Uh, you know, I'm not as confident as uh, as like Julian was saying earlier when he was saying he'd still start Cam over Big Ben. Yeah, he has that rushing upside, but I don't know. I just I, I don't feel right about it. Uh, San, San Francisco's defense isn't quite what it was last year, uh, but I, I think he's just outside that top 12 for me.
4: Yeah, it's a pretty depleted defense for sure. They're at, they're allowing almost 20 points per game to quarterbacks this season. They were really stout last year. Um, is everybody wanting Ben Roethlisberger over Cam Newton this week? Ben's at Tennessee, remember?
0: Uh, no, give me Cam. Uh, I do. Give me Cam. i take Cam, but it's close. It's Damn close. It. He's running Guys. a lot in the red zone, man.
4: Yeah, I have to make that decision, and no one's helping me here. So – are you an ageist here, Trav? Do you want Cam Newton this week, or do you want Justin Herbert in Jacksonville? Is that an easy decision um, at this point? Yeah, I, think, I think I probably
0: yeah. want Herb kid. Yeah. 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 I just think Jacksonville is going to get lit up. Um, Jacksonville can put up some passing yards as well, even though the Chargers defense
4: is good. So uh, I'm riding the Herb train. So I just want to mention Cam Newton. The reason he is so in play for me this week is San Francisco has allowed the most rush attempts and rushing yards to quarterbacks this year. I know Kyler Murray really factors into that sample, but I think Cam could be using his legs this week. Uh, And he could be, he could be pepper in the running back position in the passing game. And James White, if I'm correct, did uh, return to practice on Friday. Is that correct? Trav?
0: Uh, James White was back at practice. Just give me, one quick second here i have like 1700 tabs open right now so um, i don't I,
4: I don't even think we have to spend much time on him like he'll see targets but vegas does think new england will win this game against san francisco so maybe the game script won't be there if james white's in the lineup and with the low total i think he's kind of like a back end too not much upside this week though for james white uh are you guys starting damian harris though? was there upside there jim
0: Real quick, oh, I got I got James White as not even questionable right now.
3: You no, know, I'd be if especially so James White. Well, I'd I'd rather start James White over Damian Harris. Um, he's just been more reliable and, and overall in a Bill Belichick system. He knows the system. Bill Belichick trusts him. Shows up when he needs to. Lunchbox mentality, man. Shows up and does his job. it's <laughs> yeah. so goes hard into
0: the boards. So this must
4: be lagging a bit. This must be lagging a bit because it, yeah, it must be. He is the running back 35 in ECR, Damian Harris. So Hmm. maybe a lot of people were assuming or uh, folks were thinking James White might not go because, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of upside. I don't even think there's a lot of upside in his profile at all, really, even if James White wasn't to go because I don't think they're going to give him the pass catching. I might be the only one who would have started Rex Burkhead over Damian Harris in week seven if uh, James White didn't go. Uh, And you know who else I'm starting, boys? Julian Edelman. Uh, I'm starting Jules. He is my second favorite Julian. So Julian Edelman, uh, he's one of two (laughs) players with over 300 (laughs) yards receiving this year to not have a touchdown. Uh, We talked about one earlier. And he's seen a lot of air yards for whatever that's worth in New England Mm -hmm. right now. Uh, But is it crazy for me to think Edelman is a solid wide receiver three this week?
0: Not crazy at at all i think julian edelman's been actually pretty solid with them moving into a rushing quarterback um you know somebody who used to throw wild balls deep uh julian edelman's been holding his own pretty well with cam in there i think
4: so brian do you want to start edelman or lavisca chennault uh
1: i i think i'd stick with uh, edelman uh, and just on the volume though and uh in, instead of LaViska Chenault. I don't know exactly what we'll get out of Schnault in, in that game. Jim,
4: are uh, you starting him or are you starting Debo Samuel? Ooh,
3: I thought I was getting lined up for Visca.
4: <laughs> well you yeah, weigh in on that one. Weigh in on that one. Oh uh, sure. man um
3: I I'm starting I'm, I'm starting him over Debo. Yeah. Uh I'm starting Visca though over over Edelman, I think I think it's just too juicy of a matchup with uh, the way that the Chargers have played. I know Melvin Ingram's coming back, but um, they they've just been they they give up position, they give up points to him uh, to the wide receiver, they give up points to the running back. His scheme to do both. Uh, I think the upside. I'm swinging for upside there, and I saw so I'd be playing Visco over Edelman. Just I think the I think the ceiling's a little bit higher, but. I'm definitely starting that a little over Debo,
4: and we can all agree, Kill Harry is unstartable. Sorry, Mister Will. Sorry.
3: Damn it! Breaks my heart.
4: Yep, we thought Cam would be a little, uh, a little bit more accurate or a little bit more voluminous yeah, in the past game. This
0: he's year. getting red zone targets too, man. He, like Nikhil Harry is getting red zone targets. He's just why yeah, do you think
4: no like tight end is? Like, yeah.
0: He's
3: not putting in the work?
0: That's sad. But hopefully he can turn it around as a uh, somebody who was born in Canada represent for us, Nikhil.
4: Speaking of turn it around, do you want to do the Atlanta Falcons game or what are you guys thinking? You I think are.
0: I might actually have to jet, but you guys keep ripping it.
4: What are you thinking, Bri?
0: Sure, why not?
4: One more, it is. One more, it is.
0: All right, boys, have fun. I'm gonna jet out of here. Absolute um, uh,
4: fourteen. Do we have absolutely. to do anything with the streamyard?
0: uh note you guys um I'll, I'll come back down in a few minutes and, and check in it and on it i just got to go do a few things um but you guys have i might even check in before you're done the end of that game um but uh so i'll keep my stream in here fellas but uh have fun on that last game i'll be back in about 10 minutes or so <laughs>
3: okay. sounds good that's a slick looking hoodie my friend mm-hmm. oh yeah represent
0: dynasty rewind yep everybody check out that podcast mike and the crew they are fantastic over there um i'm out
4: at Dynasty Rewind, at TCO14. Oh,
3: you'll get that finger point. There it is. No,
4: nope. <laughs> I quit. Uh, I know how to talk football, though. Let's talk some football. Detroit at Atlanta, who have turned it around. Uh, that's an early start as well. It's a 55-point over-under. Uh, it's a huge point totals, And Atlanta is favored in this game, by the way, the one-win team. Both teams have been terrible against the spread, though. I'm not sure I'm touching that game at all. So a game with a high total, finally. We just talked about some really shitty ones there. So Vegas liking the new regime in Atlanta, it seems like, and they're favored in a dome game. So, guys, I wasn't the biggest supporter for Matthew Stafford, especially once they drafted DeAndre Swift this year. But this week, Jim, do you think Matt Stafford is a quarterback one? So all
3: all show I've been like going through looking at the schedule and trying to see like which quarterbacks I would have ranked uh going in and no he's not in my top 12 this week when I'm looking at it it's uh just shocking when I'm looking I'm just I'm just doing the count I'm doing the math and he's coming up around QB 14 QB 15 with the shuffling so high end Qb2.
4: What do you think, Brian? Do you think he's up there? Because because you know they're giving up almost thirty points per game. This is the best matchup. Yeah. Atlanta yeah. has allowed a couple overall quarterback one performances.
1: Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Stafford as a quarterback one. You know Atlanta is giving up almost thirty points to the quarterback position. You know three touchdowns per game, uh, lots of yards, and uh, you know I think I think Stafford can put together a game here. You know, he's got Kenny Galladay back. Uh, Marvin Jones is not Marvin Jones lately, but I I think he has enough weapons, you know, to, to go out there and put up a good showing.
4: Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of right in the middle. Like ECR says that he is a top 12. He's quarterback eight and expert consensus ranking, but I, I definitely think he's like closer to the back end there. I don't know if I don't want to start Tannehill, even against Pittsburgh over him. I don't know why. Uh, Maybe, maybe I did start Kirk Cousins and that ended up working out against Atlanta in garbage time, but it just it was so gross. It felt so gross afterwards. So, uh, speaking of so gross, Adrian Peterson is kind of finally going away here. Not going away, <laughs> but are we seeing a real life change into the guard here in this backfield, Jim? Oh,
3: you'd hope so. I feel bad for these people that are leaving DeAndre Swift for dead, right? Like this guy on talent, was he not? like, one of the top two uh, running backs coming in, right? Like, now he's all of a sudden left for dead because of the yeah. pencil pusher. Crazy. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I hope so, man. I hope for the resurgence. I felt bad for the kid when he dropped that touchdown pass early on in the season. hmm uh, And then that uh, just seemed to get all the people in that uh, Detroit with the pitchforks out. <laughs> but, you know... You, you made gotta, up for it last week. Absolutely, you did. Absolutely. You gotta have a... You gotta have a have a short term memory, man, and, and thick skin in Detroit, man, because they'll fucking eat you alive. But I I love this kid. I'm rooting for him. And I do hope you're uh, I do hope we're seeing the change in of the guard right in front of our eyes. Yeah,
4: I, I think we might be. I mean, you mentioned what he made up for it last week. Yeah. First running back since over over a calendar year since a running back for the Detroit Lions went over one hundred yards rushing. Uh, So week four last year was the last time that happened. So let's go uh, DeAndre Swift. The issue is, you know, Peterson did still get carries his market share on the team's rushing attempts. It's been frustrating as hell, but it has to be respected. I think still in games where the Lions uh, might be favored and this game, even you never know. I really hope. It's all Swift, though, because ECR agrees. I mean, Adrian Peterson's outside the top 30 in PPR rankings wherever you look, and DeAndre Swift is inside the top 24 everywhere you look, and he is a running back, too, for me, uh, because they might be playing from behind in this game, and this game could even morph into a shootout, I think. All these things kind of lend towards Detroit going through the air, and that's, that's where we think DeAndre Swift can really excel in the NFL overall, is in the passing game, like you talked about, Jimbo, and... Uh, Their bottom three in targets, catches, and receiving yards allowed to running backs, Atlanta is. And they're the only team in football to have allowed four receiving touchdowns to the running back position. So I think DeAndre Swift is is pretty much a locked in, you know, top 15 to 20 running back this week. I think that's how I am on him uh, going into this week. Uh, do you guys think it's going to be all running game for 2020 in Detroit? What do you think, Brian? Like, is Galladay, Marvin Jones, is this kind of less appetizing than we thought it was going to be going into the season? I mean, it has been, but do you... It
1: it has been. I mean, I I unfortunately have a bunch of Marvin Jones. You know, I thought he was going to be, you know, have those big games that you've seen from him in the past going into this year, but he just, he doesn't look like himself. We've been without Kenny Galladay and even... Last year, you know, Kenny Galladay hasn't been a high volume kind of guy. He's been he's catching those deep balls. He's used in the red zone, but it just we haven't seen it all come together for Detroit this year.
4: Yeah, and I know Jim, you have a lot of Marvin Jones too. We talked about it in the off season. I have a lot of Marvin Jones in best ball, but uh, with the knee injury again this year, like this is the same injury he's been battling for a couple of years now. It feels like so. Yeah, it might be close to the end for poor Marvin Jones, who we've always been a big fan of. I think that just you know we just insert T.J. Hawkinson pretty much into his role, though. For we're gonna gift a lot of his deep passing work eventually if he was to go away to Kenny Galladay. We hope, but the problem with Kenny Galladay is that you know he might be valued as a wide receiver one in the market. Like he might a lot of people think of him as a top twelve guy. Uh, so if if you could get top twelve prices, are you trading him for that? What do you, what do you think, Jim? Absolutely
3: because I was actually going to ask you guys like yeah Kenny Galladay is good I'll get I get, do give him the respect but do you think it's not just a little bit played because Marvin Jones is a good receiver he does have good running he does know the nuances of the game do you think like it's a little bit of a play because he does have such a good wide receiver across from him where defenses do have to account for him I mean not this year because of the knee injury but I mean even last year in the beginning, like, do you think I had to do a little bit with this production, almost like a Juju Smith-Schuster late with, with a B there? Yeah.
4: And I see a lot of things going on, right? Like the running backs are taking precedent at the goal line. And like, like what you're getting. And I agree that Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay do a lot of the same things really well. But, yeah, it's really the running backs at the goal line. T.J. Hawkinson's kind of emerging, and he does a lot of that same 10-zone market share stuff. So, And that's that's the big thing. I just expected Kenny Galladay would be like a 25% market share guy. Like, he would have a really kind of a monopoly on this offense at some point, uh, especially if Marvin Jones was out. But even with Marvin Jones out, Kenny Galladay wasn't even doing that. So give me Tyler Lockett. Um, maybe, I don't know about Chris Godwin. That was another guy who came to mind, but with the A.B. there, I don't know. So... Guys like that, though, I, you know, high end guys like Tyler Lockett, I have ahead of Gulladay the rest of the way, I think. Uh, what about Marvin Jones then, Jim? Are you ready to just fire him back into your lineup as a, as say, like a wide receiver four or a flex or whatever?
3: Uh, I'm putting him on my bench. If he does anything at all, uh, I'm throwing him out in as an add in piece for for a trade in straight out because, like, the writing's on the wall. Yeah especially in dynasty, like you knew, you knew it wasn't too much longer. So yeah, if he shows me any signs of life in the next couple weeks, I'm definitely throwing him in as the add on piece uh, to package him with somebody.
4: Totally. So the pencil pusher, you mentioned him. their defense has been pretty bad. So let's move into Atlanta here, plain and simple. Matt Ryan's like a, a quarterback five to 10, whatever you want to call him this week. I don't care, but he's, you're going to start him if you own Matt Ryan. But I want to know, do you guys think he's a quarterback one going forward? What do you think, Trav? I see Trav's back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thanks, boys. I just went to check up on the family. Everybody's doing good. I was sitting out for a smoke watching you guys, and I could not stay away. Uh, (laughs) So are we looking at Matt Ryan as a quarterback one? Did you say going forward or this week, Ty? Sorry?
4: Rest of the season. I think you can argue against him as a quarterback one this week in such a Mm -hmm. juicy matchup against the Lions where they're favored in the Dome. But going forward, what do you think? Do you think he's top twelve?
0: I think I think back end. Yeah, definitely. We can rely on him as that just through the sheer volume. And uh, D Brown on the the podcast this past week, Ty had a really good stat and correct me if I'm wrong, Ty. But I think uh, Matt Ryan has the only quarterback in the last like 10 years or something to have 450 yards and a 75 percent completion rate. Um, so I think it was in two games back to back. Yeah. Um, but
4: I think there was something else in there, too.
0: I think it might have been involved or the touchdowns that he got, which is just better for him being in quarterback one rest of the season, essentially. So I think the volume that he's going to get and with hopefully Julio getting healthier, um, he's going to maintain that for sure.
4: What do you think, Brian? Do you think he's top 12 for the rest of the way? Yeah. Like, like Draft said, I think the volume
1: just, it, it puts him in there, you know, and he's got the weapons to do it. And the schedule is
4: not that bad. Yeah. See, I definitely play a little bit of devil's advocate. I definitely point to the rushing. I mean, I think it begs the question how much of a premium should we be putting on the position this day and age, but Matt Ryan's quarterback 11, he has three times less rushing yards than any top 10 quarterback right now, and we know he's kind of like a roller coaster nature of a fantasy career, like season to season and stuff like that, but he has three huge weeks against three brutal defenses, but the other three games he was not a top 12 quarterback, so... I think it's been a little bit of feast of famine, and I don't I, I kind of think that might continue. Um, what do you guys think about Todd Gurley? Do you think he kind of just had a, a little peak and then he's going back to a valley? What do you think, Brian? Do you think he's a, a solid mid running back too, or is he a back end running back too?
1: Uh, I think I think he's a mid running back too. I mean, he's been getting the, the touchdowns and I think his usage in a in an offense that's pushing the ball around like Atlanta is doing, I think it's going to keep him right in there in that running mid running back to conversation uh, instead of falling out.
4: Yeah, I think it comes like he has nobody behind him. Like Brian Hill's kind of fallen out of favor, and Edo, Ito, Judge Edo's never really come up and made too much noise. Uh, Jimbo, are you ready to call Atlanta a team that can support multiple wide receiver ones? Do you think Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley can be top 12 wide receivers
3: going forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, They're two very, very talented, talented wide receivers. I know uh, it's going to end up falling off a cliff with Julio eventually, but um, I don't see why he couldn't this year with the volume being there. Defenses uh, still have to account too for Togarelli, Boston oh, I don't care about that knee. He's definitely showing he still has something in the tank and you have to respect it, man. So that just all opens up everything else. And even Russell Gage, like you gotta I'm not sure how he is this week, but even Russell you're like Russell Gage went fully healthy, you gotta respect the guy, man. You gotta respect him. Too many weapons on the field. So yeah, absolutely. I can I can definitely see him supporting two top wide receivers going forward.
4: Yeah, I think it's an interesting debate because I I definitely lean towards if any team in the entire NFL can, it's them. Maybe Seattle, actually, with no Antonio Brown going there. But uh, I think, you know, Atlanta has the most completed air yards, the most intended area yards, all that good stuff. You know, wide receiver positions going to see 65 to 75 percent of the entire team's targets there. Uh, What I think is interesting is that it is a really difficult strength of schedule versus wide receivers in particular. And I know it kind of flies in the face of start your stud stuff, but it's definitely something to consider when you, when you think about them operating as top 12 guys in the same week consistently, I think uh, that might be harder to rely on. So we'll definitely have to watch for who gets Matt Ryan's eye uh, a lot in this game against Detroit. How is Jeremy Okuda doing? Does anybody know? Jeffrey Okuda. Um...
0: Not entirely sure, to be honest with you. Yeah, me
4: either. But definitely not making a ton of noise as a rookie. You know, like some no some some cornerbacks just uh, definitely take time. But a lot of cornerbacks will uh, burst onto the scene. You'll you'll hear their name, like a Jameer Alexander or something in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I, he fooled me good. I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. Okay,
5: so. Yeah.
0: Oh, sorry real quick i just looked up some okuda he allowed seven receptions last week one the week before 10 the week before that four the week before that so it's been a little up and down as far as uh the work that's been coming his way
4: yeah um, not. <laughs> yeah i don't know denzel ward and then him these guys going top five at the cornerback position i definitely put a premium on coverage on the defensive end but that's it's getting a little out of hand. Uh speaking of out of hand, shouldn't Austin or uh Hayden Hurst get used a little bit more? What do you what do you think, Brian? Do you think Hayden Hurst is like a top twelve tight end?
1: Yeah, I well, no, I don't think he's a top twelve tight end going forward. I I I expected a lot more usage out of him, you know, uh coming in this year. I thought he was gonna be used a little bit more like Austin Hooper was last year. But uh he, uh, he just hasn't been getting there.
0: It's an interesting one with Hurst too, because like you said, a lot of people really expected the Hooper role to come towards Hayden Hurst, um, but it looks like he's just kind of been a bit of an afterthought to those wide receivers. So I'm kind of in the same boat with you, Brian, that he's not a top 12 uh, tight end going forward. He's actually the ECR tight end 14 going into this matchup uh he's got guys ahead of him like johnny smith noah fan even jimmy graham is at the tight end 11 for this week um i'm not sure if i'd be able to pull that trigger necessarily jimmy what would you do would you start jimmy graham over haydenhurst this week jimmy graham has uh has the rams on monday night
3: no because he has the rams on monday night um i don't like doing that but I'm also not really sold on Hayden Hurst, and everybody was like jumping the gun with him. Even with Austin Hooper, who was a very talented tight end, it took him a couple years to adjust to the offense, and his his role grew uh, pretty much steadily every year. If you if you looked at it and extrapolated or extrapolated it out through, so like I never I never expected Hayden Hurst to come in and grab the year three Austin Hooper target share. I expected him to grab more of, like, a year two Austin Hooper target share. Um, I don't know. What was that? Like, 60, I think it was. 60 catches or 60, 60 receptions. Around
0: like there, I think, yeah.
3: Yeah, like, I'm not really – I was never really expecting a big burst out from him, But I'll be honest, I never expected as much from Russell Gage either. You know what I mean? Like, Russell Gage mm. surprised to me.
0: For sure. It's interesting with Hurst because if you look, he's got the 12th most targets among the tight end position. Um, obviously, the team passes the ball a ton. He's got the fifth most air yards at the tight end position um, and the second most deep target. So there is some work being had there. Um, his average depth of target is over 10 yards, which is pretty big for a tight end. Um, so I think there is some avenues for him if some of that keeps up. It's just been really spotty, right? Like I think it's been a game here. He'll get a decent amount of opportunity. And then another game he won't get very much at all. So uh, Hayden Hurst is definitely a bit of a sketchy, a sketchy start for, for fantasy managers. And if you can go to somewhere where there is some more guaranteed volume and maybe less target competition, then I would probably go that route this week.
3: Absolutely, I almost think like uh, name value. Maybe throw them out there on the on the trade block, right? See what you can get for them.
0: Totally, man. With the with the war of attrition happening, um, and people maybe looking for um, the perception of a more steady tight end, you might be able to get somebody to bite on that for sure. What do you think, Brian?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd be all about that. Trying to shoot them off in a trade. I see a lot of people that are. Uh, ranked below him, overshooting him and pushing him down here at the back half of the season.
0: Mm-hmm. Ty, what about you? What are you thinking for Hayden Hurst? Hayden Hurst Helmsley. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, I don't know. It's tough. Like, I like the athletic profile and all that. And I thought, you know, we saw Austin Hooper be tight end one overall for like eight weeks last year, uh, mostly on the back of end zone uh, targets and all that. And I thought we'd see a lot more of those from Hayden Hurst. So I'd like to see that increase. I'd like to see a little bit more targets in the intermediate of the field too, because we know he can do that and we can do work after the catch. So just get him more work overall. And I think uh, he'll be scoring more because I think it, I thought it was just a, a great marriage, but yeah, I've definitely been underwhelmed so far, but I think he makes, makes for a pretty decent buy at the tight end position because he has that ceiling to, to have those spiked weeks and he's in the offense to do it. I think.
0: giddy up boys that a wrap on our first ever saturday live stream or what yeah i think we're losing steam here yeah we did it totally yeah (laughs) that you uh, know what was two hours turned into three (laughs) mm -hmm. and we
4: didn't get to we didn't even get to jacksonville los angeles chargers game buffalo new york jets thank god we didn't get to that game uh we didn't get to dallas washington oh thank goodness um (laughs) but I did want to actually hit Tampa Bay, Vegas and uh, the Monday night or Chicago Rams game. So definitely if anybody has any questions too, they can hit us up on Twitter on that and we'll, we'll give them the information. Most of us are up early.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. We are. And another note on that too, is anybody who, who tuned in or, or checked it out, if you popped in for a little bit early, you popped in for a little bit late, Please give us some feedback. Ty mentioned at the beginning of the show that um, this is kind of just like a pilot run. We're trying to feel out the format, trying to feel out what people are going to like. We really want this to be a destination spot for anybody on Saturday night who wants to get ready for their Sunday game. So please, 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 if you have any feedback... Let us know if there's anything you want to see more of or anything you want to see less of. Please, please let us know because it's all about getting better and catering more to what the people want to see um, and what's going to help you get ready to get those Ws on Sunday. So, um, Ty, why don't you uh, why don't you give us a couple of parting shots and then I can fly us out of here if you like.
4: Oh, I don't, I don't got much, man. I mean, I think uh, the games, like you look at the Jacksonville Los Angeles game, the Chargers are just heavy, heavy favorites. Jimbo, you're muted again, I think, buddy.
0: Oh, I think he's talking to the fam. <laughs> oh. Self-muted.
4: <laughs> <Stop laughs> well, you know, you make one mistake. I'm gonna have to make I'm gonna have to check on him now. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Jacksonville is heavy dogs uh against the Chargers this week. The Buffalo Jets game is just disgusting. Nobody wants to be playing a lot of pieces on the Jets side. I think Gabriel Davis might be an interesting play. Because uh, Smokey John Brown's out, but I think really just Stefan Diggs gets a big uptick there. I think Zach Moss could get involved. I think there could be like, you know, just an abundance of, of rushing production in that game for Buffalo. Uh, and then what else? What, what were the other games? Dallas, Washington. Nobody wants to talk about that game. CD Lamb's going to break all our hearts. Uh, Michael Gallup is like a solar eclipse. He could show up now and then. You know, maybe the Mayans could calculate it. I can't. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Amari Cooper, you know, I thought he was due for some positive touchdown regression. And sure enough, it actually hit in the first game with, uh, yeah, I think he got scored a touchdown with Andy Dalton there. I think so, uh, yeah. Garbage uh, so, you know, that was probably all you're going to get from that positive touchdown regression that he was in line for. So I think Dallas is a tough one. Maybe Andy Dalton goes to Dalton Schultz again more. Uh, Washington, Terry McLaurin, we all love. Quarterback play is just devastating. I actually have to start Logan Thomas in a league that I lost Zach Ertz in. So, you know what, guys? Yeah, end zone targets, (laughs) tight end target share, everything among the position he's up there as like a guy we should all be buying, except it just nobody would be buying the number three option in a Kyle Allen offense. But I also want to just continue to see uh, J.D. McKissick get pummeled uh, by friggin Antonio Gibson. Why jd mckissick is like top 10 in every receiving category among running backs is beyond me uh and that's pretty much all i got the tampa bay las vegas game a b won't be in this one so you know sell chris godwin off a great game maybe i wouldn't sell mike evans right this second uh gronkowski maybe he continues uh to see a little bit more involvement in the past game do you guys have any what what were you saying uh was it jimbo or brian what's going on with the offensive line in uh, in vegas
1: Oh, I think Julian was talking about it. I think only one guy is missing from uh, the offensive line. The other guys are going to be in for
4: that game. Interesting. Well, that game has a 52-point over-under. Like, that's the point total in that game. So there's going to be some scoring there, and uh, Vegas is – is uh, a dog against Tampa Bay and I actually like Tampa Bay against the spread this th- in this game, even though they're only they're only 500 against spread this week. And then the Chicago Los Angeles game, I think, is going to be a really good game, but maybe a defensive battle. I don't know. Uh, it's only got a 45 point over under. But I think it's interesting because these teams have played in back to back years. They scored under 25 points combined in both of those matchups. And, you know, Chicago, say what you want. This team's won what? They've won, what are they, five and one? or they? Yeah, five and one. Yeah. So they are six point dogs in this game. Holy, I am taking mm-hmm. Chicago. Just, I don't even need to say any more, I don't think. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Anybody else got a long, meaningless rant? <laughs> no you do that f- quite well for us <laughs> <laughs>
0: nailed it no ty you nailed it man and uh, i'll write us out here i just want to say ty actually uh, a big thank you to you for doing all the work and getting this together um ty does a lot behind the scenes for us and researching and whatnot and ty put together an immaculate show sheet for this inaugural episode of the true north saturday live stream so um, yeah, Ty, I just want to say thank you for getting us all prepped for this bad boy and kind of steering the ship because um, uh, three hours of us just kind of rambling with no direction might have been a little bit painful, but uh, you nailed it there, my man. So I appreciate that. A uh, couple other shout outs. I want to give a shout out to Viridian Global. They are the supplier for our merch. Um, they are doing really big things in the fantasy community. The Viridian Football Collective, um, they've got a bunch of awesome brands. Go to viridianglobal.com check out all the gear there. If you buy some stuff, post a, post a picture on Twitter with a hashtag rock the V gear um, because they love seeing people out in the community wearing their gear. Um, much like we do if you go to slash shop, we've got some wicked designs on there as well. so we appreciate them. Another quick shout out to our sponsor, our YouTube title sponsor in fact, Monkey Knife Fight. Go to monkeyknifefight.com, use promo code TNFF to get an instant match of your first deposit of up to $50. And lastly, I want to talk a little bit about the True North crew. We've got uh, we got so I guess we'll just kind of go around the horn here. Brian um, is generally a part of our writing team, but we are slowly expanding him into the video and the podcasting world. And we, we love it. So you can check out Brian's articles at truenorthffb.com. Um, Brian, um, thanks for coming on, man. It's been really, really cool to chop it up with you and can't wait to do more.
1: Thanks, man. It was really fun to be on here with you guys. It was, uh, it was a
0: very good learning experience. Yeah, dude, I think you smashed it. It's, uh, it was a really good job. We'll get you on again soon for sure. Um, and that's then it. as Ty gets a wet willy from uh, from Jerry. Little Jerry, uh, little Jerry uh, yeah.
2: Seinfeld. <laughs>
0: We're going to go over to uh, Jimmy. You can find Jim weekly on Tuesdays on the Gold Jacket podcast. And that's another thing I wanted to mention. The True North crew has four. Uh, four podcasts now in the network, uh, me, uh, five podcasts now in the network. Sorry about that. And we have four weekly live shows on YouTube and Periscope. So, uh, the content machine keeps on chugging and Jimmy, you and the gold jacket pod with Connor Donald are a part of that. You can find Jim at gold jacket QB. Thanks for coming out tonight, Jimmy. I know it's super late where you're at, so thanks for yeah. uh, sticking. Mm-hmm. it out there.
3: Thanks for having me too, man. I just want to say too, uh, With the move, I kind of took a break of writing, but I am doing a a three-parter that should come out hopefully soon, at least the first part. I want to look at the top three rookie wide receivers that I had pre-draft and how they're doing halfway through the season.
0: Love it. Love it. That's going to be sweet. Yeah, definitely. Um, check out all of our guys' written work. Um, Josh is doing the Puff Puff Pass every Thursday for your starts and sits. Will is doing Goodwill hunting for those waiver wire targets on Tuesdays, and he's doing a smash up job of that. So, um, yeah, check out all the shows in the network. The guys are putting in a lot of work, and, uh, you know, uh, as. You know a brand that ty and i created it's super awesome to see so many good guys join up and become a family and just buy in and be down for the cause together so uh it's been really cool really cool getting together as a team and just anybody who's watching come back next week we're going to be kicking it back again next saturday it is halloween um so it's going to be spooky um but yeah go to the tnff network and subscribe um, We've got lots of good video content coming out. Um, Ty can be followed at TNFF Tyrell. Ty, thanks again for lining this up, buddy.
4: My pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you guys for, uh, you know, bearing with me. Uh, I know it's kind of a, a jumbled mess there and a little bit rushed. And we could only get better from here, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Moving on up. <laughs> <laughs> all right so for anybody who tuned in and stayed along with us for the marathon we really appreciate you if you even just popped in for a couple minutes we appreciate you too i'm going to be uploading this to our podcast network for just the audio for the morning so we will post that on twitter keep an eye out on the truenorthffb.com or truenorthffb twitter account um and yeah guys have a good night have a good saturday and have a good uh get some good w's on sunday let's do that eh? Yeah. All right. Peace. Yeah. peace.